Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live in the garage. I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sports song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Welch's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to that's Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said O-R-I-A-M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Conan Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. The What's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look at the cycle walks into this shit. Don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound It's gonna ever keep me down. Live. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I have a great story. Makes sense to me. (laughs) What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, fuck you. Uh, Again, not nice. Thank you. Thank you. We're back live from the Barrage. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Tree Voigt and Preemptive Strike, the show you could hear at 7 p.m. Eastern every week right before ours. There's an hour-long music show. And Tree, nice job. I didn't listen to a minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clapping, but I have gloves on. (laughs) I'm trying to watch this documentary, which I did watch, Brian. Thank you for meeting me in in the city. You got it. And giving me the documentary, which I have now lost because I handed it to someone else. So City Gardens. I know where it is. The story of... uh, Help me. It's uh, it's the story of City Gardens, right? Which is a venue that was in Trenton, New Jersey. Story of Randy now, Randy, and City Gardens. right? Randy, Randy now being the promoter of the venue, right? And he booked the place. It's uh, Randy Ellis is his name, right? Trentron, 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 New Jersey. He'll be calling in at nine o'clock to uh, talk to us. So we're that's, excited about that. He's the uh, not Randy now. Actually. That's Steve Tazi. Steve Tazi. Tazi. I say Tazi. You say Tazi. I say Tazi. And we'll see what he says. Yeah, let's um, call the whole thing off. And let's just call <laughs> the whole thing off. Very good, Jody. Uh, <laughs> he'll be calling in at 9 o'clock. He directed the documentary, which I just watched. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It's right down, right up my alley. I was about to say right down my alley. Hey. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I'd accept it. Of course, I'm here with Ryan Collison, Patrick Walsh, uh, Brian Musikoff, and uh, Tommy's running late, as he does every week. We wouldn't have it any other way. And Jody Shapiro joining us today. How are you, Jody? I'm cold. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> you can leave now and uh, give your seat to Corey Kilgannon of the New York Times, who also joins us today to listen in on the show and hang out. How you doing, Corey? Good. All right. Yeah. You could hear everything. Are we, are we allowed to announce that? Or is, is I don't know. Stop secret. I've already. I've become the story. I've been here for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Special that's, guest. That's what happened last time. We were here for the game. We interviewed you. We got drunk. I think. Yeah, it's great. He's got. He's got. Notice that story never got written. No, I noticed. <laughs> no coincidence. He's got cans. He's I got. I looked at my notes the next day. I was like, "What language is this?" <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope for a repeat performance. I, it'd be funny if the story just never gets written and you come here every week. Be, yeah. That's that's kind of the bit that I'm going for. The uh, the the funny part about that story is the last time you came here, the reason that you didn't run the story as you told me anyway, was that the Times was already running a story about another radio show that was run by people with special needs, <laughs> like mentally handicapped people, right. like too legitimately, similar. legitimately. Too similar. Yeah, too similar. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sorry, I already got a bunch of retards, one show. Uh, hey, sorry. You went with the smarter, the smarter bunch. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading that article, cracking up. I go, this is the best. This is the best thing that ever happened. So hopefully, thank you, Corey, for coming in and, and taking an interest. I think Corey heard we had Mark Marin on, and he gave me a call. So. <laughs> now, we, now we rate. Thanks, Corey. This is me, this is me clapping with gloves. Right. And then I try to list the other people we've had on, 
on, and I got nothing, nothing. Out. <laughs> Corey's really got his ear to the ground uh, with when it comes to indie rock and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, we interviewed Mike Watt. He's like, yeah, I got, I gotta go. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. I don't know who the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so if you could just write in the story that we we have Marin on every week, that's fine. Right. And I'll call him every week. And I, I kind of expected him to be. Uh, you know, kind of one reason I came, I thought yeah. he'd be here. Marin, thought he's gonna yeah. be here. Marin would love that. <laughs> Marin had Obama, but we have Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. Marin was my Obama. We had him like the week after the president. It was great. Gavolt. Mark Marin, of course, did the interview from his car stuck in traffic in L.A. It's fantastic. We had him captured. Good guy. We had him captured. <laughs> <laughs> Two of our friends in L.A. boxed him in. Conan on one side. Lots of fun. Okay. So anyway, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah. How'd you manage with snowmageddon? Oh, the snow. Um, well, I. It's uh, one side of my house had no snow because the wind was so heavy, mm -hmm. and the other side of my house, of course, where my car is, had like twenty feet of snow on top of my car. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was. It was a joke. I, I walked outside and started laughing. I looked at one side of the house. I'm like, this is awesome. There's no snow. I noticed that your murder horn is now melted. I wanted to slide down it, but oh it's yeah, gone. it's pretty melted. We have a big slide I built in front of my house, so you could slide right down into this traffic. <laughs> so, John, what happened? Slide, slide right down into a front loader. Yeah, <laughs> the plows, He just didn't. He just didn't plow flushing. What? What happened? Oh man, yeah, the plows didn't come down here till Sunday morning. Same thing with Woodside. <laughs> Not that I care. I, I mean, I have no no reason to drive anywhere. I Especially, live, I live first around, of all, I live around the block from a councilman. My block is always done. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they showed up, it was still a shit job, though. You'd probably be, oh, yeah. be better off a Koch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, um, what they do is the plows come down the block, even though it's plowed, and they just kind of barrel into the mounds on the side and stick and, sh and shoot that out into the street and makes everything worse. I don't understand the logic behind it, but hey, overtime, buddy. Hey, they're I'm professionals, right. John. Don't question it. <laughs> I found a spot outside. We're good. Did you? Mm -hmm. oh, you parked like, uh, you, you notice how people are parking with like the, the, their entire ass of their car right yeah. in the middle of the street? That's bullshit. bullshit. I just <laughs> threw my truck into a right. snowbank. I'm probably going to need right. you guys to push me out yeah. later. It's like, like an X game Smith grind. <laughs> Half on, half off. So, yeah, I was shoveling my ass off, and uh, and then the last day on Monday was it Monday or Sunday? Uh, Colette's like, I got to get out of the driveway. You got to shovel the car out, and I'm like doing all this other stuff. And I look at the driveway was the worst. Shoveling wasn't so bad, but the driveway was just like just torch. And I'm used to shoveling; it's no big deal. You had to take like for one foot, you had to go like three scoops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you had yeah, to it was do it in levels. Then too, and it was heavy. And uh, so I'm looking for, like, the kids, you know? I'm like, oh, some kid walked down the block. I'll give him 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah, good luck with that. What yeah. about your kids? I thought, yeah, I thought you said you were looking for your kids. They were yeah, why aren't your kids <laughs> doing kids this? They're buried. My kids are in school. It's Monday. Monday. Monday, is, sorry. What, what happened uh, on Sunday? I tried to have them shovel. It was a disaster. Uh, they, they, they stink at it. They're terrible. My parents, they probably, my yeah, parents would have kept me out of school to shovel. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably at that age now because when they're younger, they just say no flat out. and then No, nobody says no to me. But now they, they just show you that they're going to do a shit job and you exactly. just give up on them. That's, well, it's the, right, it's they the get their friend there right and there. their friend is like, I don't like snow. And I'm like, come on, grab a shovel. And he's like, no, I don't like snow. And I can't tell that kid what to do because he's not my kid. Yeah, except you could tell him to leave. <laughs> yeah. Why not do that? I'm like, why'd you come over here if you hate snow? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, I love PlayStation. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you go down the slide. Yeah, yeah, they're playing PlayStation snow shoveling. Too. <laughs> That's the best part. Something <laughs> virtual. <laughs> exactly. Something leads me to believe that this leads to Mario having to do the work for you. Did that? No, no. I saw three uh, gentlemen come down the block with shovels. And I chased them down. Uh, you know. Hey, come 
Suckers. Three, um, you know, mi- here, suckers. migrant workers, if you will. <laughs> and I, I gave him cinquenta uh, dollars, and they uh, they shoveled the whole thing for Boxes me. They did eating. a great job. My wife still doesn't know about that. She's probably listening now, and she thinks all week she thinks I shoveled it. <laughs> no, no, no chocolate caliente. <laughs> Listen, that came out of my pocket. Your slush fund. That came out Your of the actual the, slush fund. The, 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 right, the actual slush fund. Slush that fun. was my beer money, honey. Don't worry about it. What did you guys do for the actual Blizzard Day Saturday? I went on a date. To get out. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, pretty good. You know, we just, I never came home, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Or announced it Yo, on the radio. You got snowed into the bar? Yeah, uh, no, but I had to walk like uphill like both ways, basically. Using, using Mother Nature to hoodwink a poor innocent yeah. girl. <laughs> Tommy Rockstar must have been dying because you, you live in Williamsburg, but you drive everywhere like a total yeah. stunat. I had to walk, dude. It was crazy. Right. I had to like, get out and walk. <laughs> I could hear Tommy singing. She's like, I had it's to walk. Cold it was outside. crazy. You yeah, really walking. That's go. nuts, you know? Yeah, no, it was bad. It was what like a concept. Uh, Two and a half feet of snow, I think, where I was. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like hoth and shit. So I, I mean, I eventually made it, but uh, it was hard to get back. Let's put it that way. What happened with your? <laughs> you had to do the walk of shame with like no shoes on and snow. <laughs> <laughs> One of your high heels falling off. <laughs> what happened with your grandiose plans to go to Francesacon? Oh yeah, I guess we all got snowed out. Did that that get canceled? It must have. Must've Everything had, was right? canceled. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking guy. Do you think anyone showed up for that? I, I no. I, I doubt it. Patrick's. Uh, I'll Mike, tell you who didn't show up. Mike from Yonkers went. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's Islanders game got postponed. He was pissed about that. Yeah, that was a drag. That would have been fun. You I was didn't go to that. I was, no, I wanted to, but they they canceled the game. I was Hold looking it, forward you know. to running around the place like a lunatic. <laughs> <They're> gonna, <laughs> to myself. The Islanders are going to make that game up at Christ the King High School next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> With Ace Frilly intermission, the makeup game. Yeah. But but last almost exactly a year ago, they had a they had a Rangers Islanders game at the Coliseum. And there was two feet of snow on the ground, and they still had the game. And you have to drive everywhere there, so it's crazy. Yeah, there's, there's nobody there. Eight hundred people at it. They just threw everybody down into the lower bowl. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, we we should mention to our out-of-state listeners that we were given uh, the instructions that we're not allowed to drive from two thirty p.m. on Saturday Correct. until seven a.m. on Sunday morning. Correct, Tron. And if they catch you, they're going to leave your car where it is and throw you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, this is a scare tactic by the uh, by the mayor or whoever. They're, 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 I doubt one person was arrested. I don't know. Did I anyone hear one about one person it? was. was it? One person was, but they pulled him over to warn him, and it turned out he was loaded Drunk, and smoking yeah. a joint. Exactly. Well, that's why they were, you know, this is <laughs> like a, a severed hand in his back. <laughs> Mario's, at, Mario's out there doing donuts at 3 o'clock with a bottle of whiskey in his hand. I can totally see him do that. I was like going to say, that's who it was. He's got like a body in a trunk. He's like, I thought it was a perfect day for murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, speak of, we had a bad day in Hoboken that day. What happened? Some, yeah. uh, some kid uh, went missing. And they found him. This is terrible. Oh, and no. They, they found him. Uh, Way two, to bring down the. Found shrimp. him two days later uh, floating in the Hudson. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, when you say the, kid, was he like 20 or like. Uh, like I'm going to say, I he don't. He was in college. Like 23. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, and, uh, sad. Full life. Sad. The that co- happens a lot. You know, kids get drunk, these college kids, and they walk home and they end up in the icy cold Hudson somehow. Well, and he, does, and he doesn't meet know. the criteria for uh, police investigation. No, he didn't. But right. what do you mean? All sorts of conspiracy theories going around because this happened about a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah, there was similar story right. yeah so with now the they cameras, think someone... right the cameras weren't working right yeah. it's a so serial now... drowner They're, yep <laughs> that's, what, that's what people had some some dude freaking it's out at the bar it's a serial some, killer some only story. comes out during inclement weather and pushes people freaking out on well if you want someone to drown that's the time to do this is a horrible conversation yeah well listen they're not, they're, they're not saying he was murdered they're, unfortunately it sounds like the kid took his life you figure if you do something in the snow right you leave tracks it's like a dumb time to do something. Well, not when it's, it's snowing and, and drifting. They found his wallet and keys. Right. It's like some CSI shit right yeah. there. It's weird. Yeah. His wallet and keys were on dry land, and he was in the water? Yeah. 
Yeah, something's something's wrong with something's, that. Something's right, foot. Right, or maybe, so well, you kill, maybe oh, well, or know. maybe you know, it's we don't know if he just said fuck this, I'm done. I can't keep. <laughs> I don't up. know. We're speculating like we're going to solve it here yeah. tonight. Yeah. We're going to solve this. We're Nancy we Drew yeah, all of a sudden. Like could could, could we get a soundtrack? Done? This is like uh, you know what do you call us? The uh, the serial podcast. Just solve a murder tonight. Figure out what happened to Adnan. So anyway, people's. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. So I was oblivious to all that going down. <laughs> We're going to figure this out. Yes. I was hoping you'd go to the CSI angle. Yeah, this is the this is we're still in the police part of law and order. You know, yeah. the order part comes later when we yeah. find out who it was. All right. So Dummies. I, I missed the whole thing cuz I was in watching 7 hours of The Godfather. Is that what you did on the snow day? I watched, yep. You watched such a the Godfather I watched I watched all 7 hours. That's such a barrage thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I that's that's totally I really why enjoyed Abe Vigoda died, you know. Uh, yeah. You killed yeah. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Give me a pass, Sally. Did that happen before? Did it to... happened after? After, yeah. Okay, all right. it's, it was just so funny because we were. And it wasn't funny, but it was ironic because we were discussing how much how great he is, and then uh, and then just when you think about him, he's gone. Crazy town. Yeah, I it's... remember Dave Harrison always saying that he would check that app to see what like if he was still alive, and then finally he logged in, and it's like, <laughs> nope, no, <laughs> this is what happened. He you know, old, this hey. this Abe Vigoda website had one job, <laughs> and, and that one was, job <laughs> that was to tell us whether Abe Vigoda was alive or not. And when he l- clicked on it, it said he was still alive 10 minutes after he died. So this, the, whoever runs that website, you wasted your entire life. <laughs> Paying for hosting and everything. Every right. GeoCities. Yeah, it's like the worst website. It's just a little picture of Ava going on a white screen. And when he died, a lot. When, yes they, or no. when they finally announced it, they put X's on his eyes. That's like, fucked up. Like the old spy versus spy. Yeah, yeah. And there was something like, <laughs> reference. who wrote that, uh, that article? Who wrote that right? headline? I think it was like the New York Times or something. I don't know. I don't it, know. It was, no. It, no, it was, was a it? post. No. Some, someone wrote like sunken-eyed uh, actor. From yeah, that. it was like the worst <laughs> yeah, headline ever. That's some you sunken eyed actor. Right, it's terrible. <laughs> what do you what do you think he's remembered more for? Uh, Having ta- sunken eyes. Taxi or uh, taxi for being fishy. Was Barney Miller. Oh, I'm sorry, Barney Miller. Duh. Yeah. Barney Miller or Gad. I don't know. I like him best in. Uh, uh, get, look who's talking as the grandfather of the senile <laughs> grandfather in the nursing home. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I don't remember that at all either. It's hilarious. But I, I've never seen The Godfather, so I'm going to say right. uh, fish. Well, all right. I mean, I would suggest watching. I've never seen The Godfather. Right, Tommy. Everyone's freaking out. I would suggest watching the two theatrical versions before you watch the chronological edit. Okay. It would make a little bit more sense. You don't have to remember names, faces, details. Please. Why don't we snoop Tremendous Tommy. investment. Wait, so you, are you telling me you were, you were willing to sit through the, uh, the, tr- the bad Star Wars trilogy? And not, and you haven't seen The Godfather. Yeah, you haven't I mean, watched two hours of The Godfather. Totes diff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and there's shitloads of additional footage that, of course, like I had to make notes of. Right. So, yeah, I'd say see it. There's Tommy, what if stuff. I told you there were robots and lightsabers? I'd say see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You recommend The Just Godfather? Yeah. I'd say see it. I'd say two smash thumbs your, up. Smash or trash, The Godfather. <laughs> I'd say two thumbs up. Crap, not crap. <laughs> Screech of the week. <laughs> Screech of the week. Hey, Tommy, I'll make you an... Oh, no, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see it. I'll see it. One of these days. You know what movie I recommend? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, and I argue, and I have a listener that agrees with with me i don't think that's the best movie all right well that's fine not saying it's the best movie it's if it's not in your top 10 you're like that you know, you're stupid that Be- movie beautiful looking no, no, cinematography no. is great boring as fuck great cinematography the godfather is boring as fuck no. oh citizen kane City. yeah oh, i haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I haven't 
mean, have you not seen it? No. See, I've totally seen it. But you've Rose seen Cabin Boy a dozen times already. Cabin Boy is the best movie of, of all time. Of course it is. He's, yeah. God, my God. See, I have both on DVD. If you need Godfather or Cabin <laughs> Boy or uh, what the hell we do, or, uh, yeah. I have it on DVD. Yeah. I've even seen Birth of a Nation. Have you guys ever seen that movie? <laughs> I, 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 I want to. I will yeah. tell you this, Brian Musikoff. If yeah. you handed me a DVD of Citizen Kane and Cabin Boy, there's no way I would reach for Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> so only give me Citizen Kane. All right. Turns out Chris Elliott's a sled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what about you, Pat? Did you do anything that night? Or you just kept the I went to the beer distributor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That, yeah. was, that was my emergency run. Everybody else was buying milk and bread. Well, and I got a keg Pat, of beer. Pat Walsh well, finally milk, an excuse to drink. Right, milk, milk. <laughs> Pat, you got milk stout. That counts. I did get milk stout. That is correct. That what is milk. milk stout. What is that? Exactly what it sounds like. Delicious. Uh-huh. Comes from cows. <laughs> Imagine a, a cow that delivers. Like, it's a Guinness cow. A loaf of bread and milk stout. <laughs> I was done. I was set for the weekend. You see that video I posted of a guy eating all the milk and all the bread the next day, like freaking out? Oh, well, he's, yeah, yeah. He's fa- he does all these things. Yeah, right. that guy's yeah. a total idiot, but uh, those, that bread and milk thing was funny. Yeah. And uh, th- when, when he, then he posted a video this year of him sitting in the snow just eating the bread and milk, <laughs> yeah. like quietly looking around. That was funny. He's got a couple other things, that are borderline racist, that annoy me. Borderline? Yeah, I mean racist. <laughs> <laughs> there is no borderline. There was a line there, and he went right <laughs> over it. I didn't see that one. Didn't he do one about... Uh, like, he's not funny. He's got two funny things. Didn't he do one about uh, gay marriage and it's about love and what's wrong with people that are opposed to it? And he went off for like 20 minutes on it? Yeah, but then he's, then he's yelling at like some poor Indian person in Dunkin' Donuts. So uh, whatever for that guy. He looks like the guy from Fargo, the movie. Haven't seen that he either. He does not look like Peter Storm. I think he does. <laughs> I disagree. I think he does. I don't know who Let's you guys are talking about. Let's go to the Pancakes house. <laughs> But uh, I, I was supposed to go to work Saturday and Sunday, and I couldn't. And even Monday, of course, my Long Island Railroad line is the only line that's not working. Mm. It's bullshit. I had to take a bus like a like a total jadrul. Thanks, Obama. I take a bus to the 7 train like a, like a ham and egger. Hey. <laughs> 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 took me like two and a half hours. I live up 10 miles away from Manhattan. Yeah. It's, oh, boy. <laughs> that's like when uh, 9-11 happened. My dad was like, fuck this. I go to work. And my mom was like, no, you can't. And he's like, I have to work. And he gets in the car. I forget this. I've got work to do. And he, and he Your dad's Mexican? <laughs> I can't do my dad's accents. Where's he from? He's your dad. I thought he was like, you're Cheech? He's like, Eastern Europe. You haven't had enough time to master your dad's accent. He's been talking to you your whole life. Right. I got the guzzy fucking train, man. Where's my son Tommy? He fucking goes and he disappears for like all 20 minutes and then he like comes back and he's like, could not move on Grand Central Parkway. Is he Russian? I can't do it. What's your ethnicity? I'll do it. He's Czechoslovakian. Good luck with that. I can't. It's funny that you said that because your dad was a doorman in the city, right? Maitre D. Okay. At the Hiltron. Waitress in the sky, whatever you want to call it. I haven't ran into this guy in like 20 years. He used to own a coffee shop and I'm walking on Sunday through the hills of snow because I had to get out of the house. I just walked mm. to Seven Eleven. I swear I, I bought milk like an idiot <laughs> and for no reason. I'm just carrying the milk around. And I'm walking down the snow, and there's this guy who's a doorman in the city waiting for the bus on Sunday. And I'm like, "What are you, Ivan? What are you doing?" He's like, I'm, I'm, "I gotta get it to work. I gotta get to work." Oh my god! <laughs> That's poor bastard's probably got a shovel too. Yeah. Oh man, that guy. He can open a door like you've never <laughs> seen that. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was from, I think he was from Croatia. There, Which so is probably same Mexican accent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, right next to Czechoslovakia, I believe. <laughs> Which isn't even a country anymore. Please be right. Just do your best. Yakov Smirnoff and you're good. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's the snow, I guess, and uh, whatever. I don't know. 
slushing around in that garbage. What I'm are a, you, Ron? You have twins? Check, check that off my notes here. Oh, yeah. I was I was completely snowbound. I couldn't go anywhere. Really? So, yeah. And after a while, I, I, I can't stay home. I'm No matter what the weather is, no matter what time of year, I mean, I, I can't stay home in the house for an entire day. I have to get out and do something. Hey, so I, it was really, it was very frustrating for me. But uh, I can imagine. But it was all right. I mean, we had fun. It's like the shining at Ryan's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Chicago is listening to the show and, uh, you know, yeah. Milwaukee and whatever, yeah, laughing right. their asses. <laughs> World, world's smallest violin. That's the yeah. best. That's right. the best part about the snow is the one-upsmanship. Like yeah. you guys don't know what snow is, and we do it to like Georgia, and they, and then Chicago right. does it to us, and then like everybody does it to LA. Some guy from Siberia is like <laughs> Chicago shows right. snows bullshit. <laughs> the Mexican guy in, in Siberia is like, yeah. fucking snow, man. Yeah, and there's a guy on Mars is a little pissed off. Yeah, everyone's pissed off at each other that they don't get enough snow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really know snow, man. <laughs> you don't know, man. Snow you know it's like. Like up here in the Arctic Circle, where most of our listeners are from. I had, to, I had to shovel for 15 minutes and then go to the deli directly across the street from me. Yeah. It's funny because in Chicago, they have that bullshit dibs thing where they put chairs in the spots, you know? They're starting and to do that here now. They, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. The what snow is, got high enough, and maybe it's not a cultural thing. Maybe it was, a, it was a height thing. To save parking spot, Tommy. All right, to save Tommy, parking spot. You, you spend uh, two hours shoveling your car out of a spot. Sure. You put, an old, you put a broken vacuum cleaner. That happened. Shit. I did that this weekend. No, you can't do all that. All right, all right. It's a douche move. What, what did you put in the spot? Like, uh, wait, let me guess. This is your collective soul merch account, the entire <laughs> surplus. Right, you put up a table and had one of his guys sell T-shirts. <laughs> Set up a press. <laughs> merch did. Oh, you're one of them. I did have to put merch there actually because I got all this extra merch in the back of my car. I just threw down a bunch of T-shirts. Well, Tommy, did, did it work? No, the fucking guy came like 20 minutes later. <laughs> I circled back and it, the spot was gone. He just drove over my T-shirt. Good. What, what'd you really put there? I put a bunch of T-shirts down. <laughs> Well, that's all I had in my car. Did you really? Yeah. You're fucking no, with I'm it. No, I'm not, because I carry extra merch in my car. What what T-shirts were they? I have to know. I can't say. Crocus? Uh, yeah, no, that's... It's a client. Heineken right. 2012. Yeah, exactly. The Inspire Tour. Right. Seagram's Escapes. Seagram's Escapes. Holy shit, stole, you saved a box of those incorrect Super Bowl predictions that they sent to Africa. Right, right. Dude, I've done those, man. You got like it's, you got to hedge your bets on that. You yeah. saved a spot with, with, with yeah. merch. Yeah, that's that all is I had. Amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> a, a, speaking of which, allegedly some chooch got a um, a Patriots tattoo. The way that kid got the Mets tattoo. Oh, whoa. Oh, like champions or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw somebody with this with a with a Blues tattoo. Stanley Cup winners. Oh, yeah. Oh, you that know, ever happened? It's, it's if you have a Patriots tattoo, just making it to the first round of the playoffs does not mean you're winning the cup. You might yeah. as well just put champions on it because who cares? You have a Patriots tattoo. You're already, already an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like what's the oh look? He's more of an idiot than he was before when he had the Patriots guy pissing on the Jets logo or some right. dumb like that. Calvin. Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's Calvin. Those are the worst. Guys, I'm with you on that. They're so bad. They're like truck nuts, you know? First of all, like, it's gross. Don't piss on some so, stuff. Right. What did it mean when they had a Patriot guy p- pissing on a Chevy sign? I didn't get that. <laughs> oh, because probably, like, he's a Dodge truck guy. And but what? A, and a Patriots fan? No, it's just Calvin from Calvin and Hobbs. No, no, but they had the Patriots guy. I know that. But they had the Patriots guy peeing on a Chevy symbol. Uh, that you guy, know, that guy's on a different level. If you're, a jet, you know, if you're Jets and Rangers, <laughs> right. or you're Patriots Dodge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Patriots Ford? That's weird, bro. I don't know. <laughs> Usually goes the other way. What about Fomoco? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Patriots jersey was an afterthought. Like he he was the Dodge guy pissing on the Chevy. I should put a 
I should put a patch jersey on this guy, bro. That'd be wicked fucking cool. He was, he was, he was nude at first, and they went back and got it touched up. You're a wicked pisser. His tire's a little <laughs> underinflated, but knowing that. Idiots. Holy I think shit, anyone Jerry. who has a tattoo is a moron. I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> got a tattoo of a baby whale, bro. What do you, it's yeah. a baby whale. It's a baby whale, Jay. Holy shit. It's on my tattoo now, that baby whale. It, bro. <laughs> it's a wheel. It's a fucking baby wheel. And it's peeing hey. on a Chevy sign, bro. I think, I, I think I'm I the only one here without it with the tattoo. No, I, no. Have a, I have a dolphin in my head. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> to Brian Musikoff, you have no tattoos? No. Man, you got Joey. all that real estate up there on that head. You should go like Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, I thought you were going to go to Schnauz. I thought you were going to go Schnauz. Really? Right. You're the only one here with a tattoo? Yeah, you guys don't have tattoos? It's amazing. Though? Corey Kilgannon of the New York Times. Yeah, are you tattooed? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Jeez. How about you, Jeff? Jeff wow, has no tattoos. I would drool here. I, I lived with a I lived with a tattoo yep. artist who used to ink people in my living room, and I never got so a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why I'm fibbing. I'm lying. I have lots of. Do you? Yeah, I knew you had tattoos. tattoos. I don't. I think it's cooler not to have tattoos. I was just being trying to be outrageous when I said anyone yeah. with a tattoo is an idiot. Of course, <laughs> well, it's, uh, I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but we know what Jeff does have. What? He can read Chinese, so he can see all those people with the Chinese tattoos. If you know what it really says. Oh right. God, I love you that. Know, so I always ask. So. Uh, We'll be watching a basketball game. So, Jeff, is it, what is it, does it really mean, uh, you know, peace and, you know, grace under pressure yeah. or whatever? They, I don't know. What the old get, beef yeah. and broccoli beef joke. And broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. That, that old yarn. Jeff, you, how do you, uh, Jeff's not on mic, but Jeff, what are you, the photographer? You sign language. No. No? <laughs> Jeff's just hanging out? Hey, he's Jeff. my friend. He works for the Times, too, but he's a friend of mine. Oh, do you? Jeff, yeah. come, come over Jeff. here. What do, you, what do you do at the New York Times, Jeff? Sit on Brian's lap. I'm a stringer. They sent me out various assignments, and usually it's for my uh, Chinese-speaking ability. Oh, yeah? How'd you learn to speak Chinese? Did you live in China? No, he moved to Flushing. I Fushing. lived in Flushing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got a homegrown, but where'd you grow up, Jeff? Staten Island. Staten Island. Right. And he made the big move across the across the ocean to Flushing, Queens. Couple ponds. Yeah. Right. Before that, he spoke Staten Islandese. That's <laughs> <laughs> Shaolin. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, you're from Staten Island. You follow the Wu Tang uh, Martin. What's that guy's name? Shrekel. Sh Shrelly. Shrelly. Yeah. Um, uh, he's gonna Arthur he's calling out Ghostface Killer, and Ghostface will you know he'll probably murder this guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't even know the guy existed. <laughs> right. right. Or, well, do you know the story behind all that? Just with the yeah. with the ghost. No. no? Okay. All right. You know, there's a, the dude, the farmer bro, the guy who raised the AIDS drug from like six dollars to uh, fifteen hundred or whatever it was. You know that story? World's worst. You person. work for a newspaper, right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Somebody get this guy a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it. Maybe, maybe if telegraph. I maybe if I put it to you this way, Mr. Ghostface uh, confronted Mr. Shrekel. What's his name? Scarelli. 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 You mean face to face? He <laughs> walked right up to him, or I still think they're no. in cahoots. No, or through me. Uh, through Twitter. Whole, whole things is the Twitter. Super video by a vine. Yeah. He threatened him, but only in eight second increments. So this guy, this this farmer bro guy, bought the Wu Tang album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, the only copy, the only master copy for, for like you know a couple million. Two million dollars. Yeah. And I don't know, Ghostface was like, that guy's a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> As everyone else in the world did, because he's like Dr. Well, Evil, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Weissenberger had a good point, too, who's uh, listening to the show. That, like, who, if you make an album and uh, make it cost, you know, millions of dollars, who do you think's going to buy it? Of course it's going to be a shithead. Right. It's going yeah. to be. Yeah, they caught, they caught Ghostface for comment on his way to the bank to cash <laughs> the check. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, oh, thank God Warren Buffett bought it. He seems okay. That guy's a jerk. You're going to donate the money to charity? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wonder if it was in the clause that if someone rich bought it, could they disseminate it to other people? Yeah, they, they could play it at parties and stuff like that. But they, they couldn't, like, replicate it I think it he might be able to release it if he wanted to. He couldn't sell it. 
Uh, you're right. You can't sell it, but if you wanted to put it on like YouTube or something, you probably could. You right, know? right. That's like the Mark McGuire baseball. You know, some rich ass <laughs> motherfucker bought that shit. <laughs> I think he's definitely the type of guy who'd put it onto YouTube because he seems very generous. Well, yeah, well, he's, he wants to share it with the world. Tommy's going to tell you that uh, uh, go, he's his, he's threatening he Ghostface to uh, he's going to cut ghost parts out of it and release it. <laughs> 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 Which actually, you know, it's pretty funny. Or he was it, actually threatening to throw it out. Well, he put out a whole video. Right. Yeah, uh, with like a spoken statement saying, "I'm going to cut your ass out," of, yeah, like what John said. Right. And he had like thugs around him, like masked men. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Doctor Evil. Yeah. They kind of looked uh, Shaolin themselves yeah. a little bit. The Racist. best part about this, I think this guy's doing it on a purpose. I think, I think he's, he's trying to be like his, his the, the real world, Roddy Roddy Piper. Right, you know like a wrestling I mean? heel, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's it. So whatever, that guy's going to be in prison as soon anyway. So. Yeah. And he's calling in to laugh from the barrage next week. Tune in. You don't want to be right. going to on your way to prison and piss off Ghostface Killer because he'll just like make a phone call. <laughs> he's probably got a couple of buddies in the internet. Probably. Okay. Well, his cousin. Dude, that would be a great guest. I bet we can get that Mar this Martin Scarelli dude on the fucking phone because no. he wants all the attention he wants. I'd rather have Ghostface. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Let's get them both on. Let's get them both well, on. Right, right, right. Listen, point, you guys, we're going to have to sit you guys, uh, separate you guys. You know, you sit on this side, Ghost. <laughs> count, pointer, count. Yeah. Who knows what movie we'll that's have, from? We'll have an old fashioned radio war. <laughs> you know, Ghostface would probably do it. I'm going to make that happen Wait for a minute. you guys. Don't you have station IDs from, from these guys? No. No. Wu-Tang? Yeah. No, I no, never got it. Fushnicket, no? Fushnicket? We never got Fushnicket. No. Be quiet over there. <laughs> still still yeah, trying to find yeah, yeah. Fushnicket. Yeah, they'll be like, Liggity, live from the Biggity Barrage. Oh, I know what you're thinking of. It's, um... Hairdy, right? No? Uh, yeah, what, what are those guys' names? I forget those guys. Killer Bees? They wanted to kill me. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, no, the, beat, got, the Beat Nuts. The Beat Nuts. Yeah, we got the Biz. We got Beat Nuts. Was Busta Rhymes ever in Wu-Tang? Oh my no, God! Just no, 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 no. Stick to merch. <laughs> yeah, stick, to, yeah, stick to marking your parking spots with Buster Rhymes is part of the leaders of the new school, which were in, in the in, involved with Tribe Called Quest. That's and, what uh, is Zulu Nation. And those guys. Hmm. I'll educate you later after the show. <laughs> exactly. John's got a flow chart in his uh, his bedroom just for this purpose. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Flushing flow chart. Let me run inside. Get my whiteboard. Speaking of thinking, every black person's in a rap band like Tommy does, uh, and that's a uh, racism. How about the, the dude from fucking uh, Pantera oh, giving guy. a Hitler sal salute on stage? I had an odd feeling about that guy from the beginning, man. Like, yeah, he he's done like a couple skinhead from day one. Yeah. This, this is this is awful, and I'm not defending him. And you know, a, a fuck Nazis. I bet you but, probably know him too, right? No, no, well, no, Dave, no, no, Dave no, Hill's good. Dave Hill's very good. Who we've had on the really? show, but allegedly, what happened was. I want to hear this. Uh, this is, by the way, set drinking... this up. This is Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Correct. Right. Apparently, and I wasn't there, but apparently they were drinking white wine. And you know the, the Dave Chappelle bit mm -hmm. where he's a, a black fellow who thinks he's white and he joins yeah, the yeah. clan and he goes, like, white power. Right. You know, he's half, allegedly, like making fun of it, but still out of context, doesn't look like it. Mocking. We'll, we'll, right. we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better, better to stay away altogether. Bullshit. We were drinking white wine. That's why I gave the white power. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with screamed it. white power. Bullshit. <laughs> Hello. White wine power. Faz are on the air. Hey. How's everyone doing, Barrage? Hey, how's Faz. How's it going, man, buddy? What's up? I believe the phrase you're looking for is tickle me Anselmo. <laughs> 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 does a little does a little white power salute. It giggles a little red power. Right, red power. A little red power. Yeah, but see, you know what? We're we're all we're all older than those snake people, the millennials. So we don't subscribe to Elmo, correct? 
Is right. everyone there? Is we're on board with that? Yeah, but I had kids, so I'm you know I'm I'm very. Oh familiar. yeah, yeah, you're roped in. You're I roped was, in. When my yeah, when, when my kids were babies, I was right in the Elmo wheelhouse, right at the height of his popularity before he became a horrible racist. I never considered him a yeah. Muppet fest. Yeah, him and uh, so Andrea Bocelli squirting out another song into your right. kids' ears. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Never going to happen. <laughs> so what's going on? What's up? Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, I was, I was, uh, taking your uh, taking your uh, lead here, and uh, I was calling in because I've got a uh, I've got a radio show on Nope for the next four uh, four coming Tuesdays. Yay! What's nice. um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Tuesday afternoon. I think I'm the first daytime. Radio No Show. What time? I think. Hey, no. Um, it's uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central, Central Standard okay. Time, because fuck your New York. Hey, um, hey use the standard. Use that, the industry that, standard. That it is. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> 10 a.m. to uh, noon uh, uh, Eastern Standard Time in New York uh, uh, every Tuesday in February. Is it? And so uh, we're doing a, um, uh, a benefit that's kind of like a pledge drive for the uh, Epilepsy Foundation of Chicago. Oh, okay. Epilepsy so, Foundation of Chicago. Uh, Very nice. I, oh, about? I'm sorry. What was that? Epilepsy Foundation of Chicago. I was just doing that radio thing where I repeat what you say to help uh, people understand the plug more clearly. It's good. It's very, very, very pro. It's very <laughs> pro. Um, I learned it by yeah, listening uh, to the radio. Last year when we did the, uh, uh, the Brothers and Sisters Benefit Compilation that you guys totally like uh, pitched in. There, was, there were shovels and elbows and shoulders and all that stuff. Um, so we uh, released a single every day for the month of February last year, and um, when it all kind of when it all kind of sussed out, it turns out that it was just about seven hours of music. <laughs> wow, that's a lot, dude. <laughs> and so, uh, so I talked to Boss Man Conan, and uh, and so I've got eight hours of time blocked out every Tuesday. Um, to play them in order from uh, number f- the most number of plays, downloads, etc., um, from number fifty-three all the way down to number one. Did you say eight hours? Seven hours of music, uh, an hour of like talking interviews, okay, blah 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 blah. But yeah, 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 it was it was insane. Yo, stairway stairway's not going to be number one, is it? Because I used to fall for this every Fourth of July. <laughs> right, did you did, did you say stairway? Five hundred. Yeah, you could just play. You know, the because, top okay, right. I'm. I, I don't know if you. I don't know if you listen to it. Do you know that Stairway to Heaven will play in its entirety? Sorry, Conan. Um, like five times over the course of the eight hours. <laughs> I sampled. There's there's this piece that I did called um, called Black Dub, um, and it's a it's 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 it was part of a project that I've been working on for like five years. But there is a piece of music that samples Stairway to Heaven in its entirety right. from top to tail, mm-hmm. except it's all buried under you know weird art noise and stuff I, you know i mean whatever the case may be but it cuts through like i did a uh, i did a demo of it at k's dugout um maybe about seven or eight months ago for uh, a project and 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 i didn't clear the room but but literally stairway cuts through all this noise so yeah stairway heaven is actually being played very good all right that, and by the way uh, a correction from mr weissenberger on the chat box your show is actually noon 11 a.m central would be noon eastern so it'll be noon Eastern, not 10. Oh, yeah, that's how time works. Carry the one. No, that's not right. You know, um, oh, uh, yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> noon uh, Eastern. 
So, so, so in the uh, in the, uh, the, the the Hindi Urdu language, there's a word called parso, p a r s o o n, and then the thing kind of like hooks off at the end, right. like that's all it ends. And that word means the day before yesterday and the day after tomorrow. So we have no fucking clue. <laughs> About time, like all together. <laughs> the Indian people, you say, as of course is Indian. <laughs> thank you. All right, fast. Thank you so much. Listen to what's the name of the show? Did you say that already? Um, it is the uh, Brothers and Sisters Benefit Countdown. Brothers Sketchy. and Sisters Sketchy. Benefit Countdown Tuesday at noon Central. And how, how do no, we donate? No, stop it, Brian. Sorry. Tuesday at noon Eastern, eleven Central. Oh, oh, I see what Brad was. Yeah. Afternoon drive. <laughs> Tuesdays. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Drive time. <laughs> Daytime show. Actually, you know, that's that's the only show I'll be able to listen to because I work at night. Perfect. 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 Thanks, Fez. Me we'll, too. We'll, How do we donate, Fez? Um, you know, uh, I'm either having people... Okay, so there's a... Uh, I just got my PayPal, which is, you know, Kerbal at Hotmail.com. We're going to do that. But we also have the Bandcamp page, which is Brothers and Sisters Benefit.bandcamp.com. And then I'm also just suggesting if people want to not worry about it and just go ahead and donate to the epilepsy foundation uh, like do that too cool. right. you know it's it, it, like for me it doesn't really matter i'm not here to sit there and like you know be like oh we got like four dollars here hey <laughs> who gives a shit just send the money in um they're a great great organization um the uh, ceo kurt florian uh has uh, I, I wrote him a whole bunch like this past year just about odds and ends and he's just kind of like a normal dude like he listened to the uh the 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 barrage episode that I kind of hatcheted and put in um, into the thing. He was totally fine with us swearing about stuff and stuff like that. He's like, this is great. And so, um, yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. It's a really, really great organization. And uh, I like the way that they do things. And they're super sweethearts about everything. And that's the Chicago Ep- Epilepsy Foundation? Yes. All right. Yeah. Everyone donate to that and listen right. to Faz's show every Tuesday. And hey, Faz, could you drop that link, whether it be the Bandcamp one or... Yeah, why don't you put the Bandcamp one? Drop it in the uh, chat room. Yeah, I'll, I'll, throw the, I'll throw the Bandcamp in the chat box, for Excellent. sure. For sure. All right, very Thanks, good. buddy. Thanks, man. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks so much, fellas. Yeah, man. Good luck. I'll be listening. Is All right. It... Talk to you soon. All, All right. right. Later. <laughs> There's Faz Razzi of Chicago, hey, Faz. Illinois, calling in uh, with a good good cause. The Chicago Epilepsy Foundation. He'll be doing a show every Tuesday at 12 Eastern, 11 Central. Listen to that and uh, donate to the blah, blah, blah. Kick Thank it into the cause, you skin flints. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come on. Pony up. Pony up. Pony up. <laughs> Jerk offs. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you anyway? Pony up to take bricks. Wait, do you take it with you? <laughs> hey, Corey, you make a lot of money at the New York Times? You got a lot of money? <laughs> Pony up. Good. No comment from Mr. Kilgannon. <laughs> I'm just here to observe, sir. I went to uh, see Colin Quinn last night. You oh, did how not. was that? I did. It was great. It's like a one-man show. I was telling these guys earlier before you guys showed up. Where at? Uh, <clears throat> Cherry Lane Theater downtown. It's a West Village. That's where I got my pool table. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a, are you serious? Yeah. From that, from that place? Yeah, it was a prop in a uh, play that uh, who's uh, Ross from Friends was doing. <laughs> <laughs> David Schwimmer in Pool, the play. How else? How else, how else are you going to get a pool table for a hundred bucks? <laughs> you you have David Schwimmer's pool table? It was a prop in a play yeah. <laughs> from his one man show. <laughs> Schwimmer plays pool. Oh, hey, I didn't was, see you there. It was set in a bar. Behind the eight ball with David Schwimmer. <laughs> they were like, you want to take the jukebox, too? It's a, a rem- oh, you should have took it. Right. I, I would have, but I didn't have any more room in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> <Was it tired? laughs> Sh- Schwimmer does the color of money. 
at a pool yeah, table. Right. Yeah, he's a, got a Vince pool on table with four dudes in there. T-shirt with Vince <laughs> on his chest. <laughs> Minnesota fats. So how was Colin Quinn? I don't understand. I, I haven't seen the dude live ever. Um, he's he, all month, every single night, and sometimes twice. He's doing this one-man show called A New York Story. The The New York Story. It's about an hour long. Great. Um, he, he goes from pretty much the beginning in New York, which is funny because I'm reading this book now called Island at the Center of the World by uh, I forget the guy's name. But I'm in the beginning of it, and it kind of takes you through the uh, the Dutch uh, settlement of what New, New Netherland before it was New New Amsterdam. Right. That's not Phil Brick, is it? Nathaniel? No, no, he's good though. I like his uh, his books being made into a movie now, which I probably that was That's a great right. book. Nathaniel Phil Brick made a book, I read that. Wrote a book I called book, uh, In the Heart of the Sea. Right. I love survival stories. It was good. So, but no, this guy I forget his name. Sorry. He, um, but it goes through like the Dutch settlement of. New Netherlands, New Amsterdam, and how, and I was, it, it, it ties in, because the book's a couple years old, it ties into the Ted Cruz thing saying, like, that New York is, doesn't have the values of America, when, what he's not realizing is the values of America were started with this town of prostitutes and, and smugglers and pirates and jerk-offs, right, you know, and right. that's what, that's the real America. The armpit of, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, dickheads, you know? Sure. So anyway, he goes a little bit through that, and he start, He goes through how all the other cultures basically form the modern New Yorker of today. It's really entertaining. Right. I, I'm a big Colin Quinn fan. I like his style. Some people don't get him at all and right. hate him, you know? Right. And he's basically, you know, it's exactly what you would expect from Colin Quinn. He goes up there by himself, and he does this whole thing. He never stops talking for a second. Huh. Maybe he takes one sip of water the whole time. That guy just has never stopped in his career, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where, where is he? Where did he grow up? I think Boston, though? Um Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah, he lives in Park Slope now, and I'm not sure what part of Brooklyn he grew up in. Maybe it was Park Slope, but it was a different Park Slope back then, probably. Ryan, did you ever see him? He was always at the Brill Building. Oh, I've seen him Yeah, I see uh, him. moving around I and whatnot. I see yeah. him often. Uh, but, my wife just went to see the show a couple of weeks ago. He so, did say so true. John's wife. Did he really? Yeah. On stage? Yeah, she said it was hilarious. Yeah, I really wanted to go, so uh, I asked my wife if she didn't mind going again. <laughs> 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 and she said yes, so we did. Yeah, it was fun. He's not going to chew. She talked about the fractional insults, which I love. It's a, we've been What's talking that? about on this show. Like, yeah, hey, you're half a Gavone. Right. You know, it's way fractional. worse than being a Gavone. Right. Like, you're not even good enough to be a whole Gavone. You're, you're just half a Gavone. Quarters do not. Yeah. <laughs> you're a man of little achievement. Yeah, he went to the whole seven-line thing, like, you know, you, you know, how you can get a seat if you, you by, based on what newspaper the person's reading. If they're reading a Chinese newspaper, you, you're screwed. They're never getting up <laughs> to the end. You know, if they're a white guy, they're going to City Field. It was, it was good. It was very, very entertaining. I would suggest that go see it now because it ends on January 31st. It's hmm. a limited engagement. Maybe it'll be like, you know, I don't know, some kind of HBO special or something. I'm not sure how these things work. That would be cool. It's a good time. I still want to see the show. Directed by Jerry yeah. Seinfeld, although, although I didn't see Mr. Seinfeld at the gig. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't believe he has to be there for every time directing him. It's the same freaking uh, shtick. Uh, you know? I don't know if you're kidding. Is it for real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. Seinfeld directed. Usually opening night they would do that. <laughs> it's funny because there's an actual playbill and it's like rehearsed in, Bay, in his place in Bayshore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so direct that. Uh, About the cast. Colin Quinn is, like, is a jerk. What is Stewart is involved in directing? He's like, yeah, get on stage and start telling jokes. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Basically. I don't really see how, how what, what kind capacity he could really direct it. Maybe I'm missing something. It looked like there's a couple people involved. A set hey. designer, a lawyer, and Colin Quinn. You move over there. When, yeah. you, move <laughs> over there. when you say that line, you should what? say it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of saying the racist thing, say the other thing. Fun. <laughs> you always blend it to Paul McCartney. <laughs> Seinfeld, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh my God! The next thing is you have a Croatian accent with a Mexican hat. A perfect, a perfect Croatian accent. There are no walls. 
Thank you. But worst Seinfeld, Paul McCartney ever. So, yeah, it was a fun show, though. I'm not sure. What's... You want me to direct your show? I'll direct your show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, like, he just walked around the stage. And, I don't know. How long was it? He's yeah. probably giving him direction, like, cut this joke, put this joke back in. It's right. only about an hour. You know, I'd love to get direction from Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, well. Uh, that's, that's direction. She's the only <laughs> actress I've ever seen who has an entirely Holy believable shit. fake laugh. Oh, yeah, she's well, exactly. Um, Mark Marin, you're on the air? Hey, guys, this is former President Bill Clinton. Oh. <laughs> oh, what a fake hey, out. Willie. Hey, why do I have you in as Mark Marin? You... Hey, uh, but uh, we'll take the president. How you doing, Bill Clinton? <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. I thought it was Mark Marin. That would have oh. been the best. Oh, it's only the President of the United States, Bill Clinton. I'm experiencing lateral excitement right now. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Clinton? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. How's it going? Going pretty good. I'm hanging out in Des Moines, a little backstage action. <laughs> you're what? You're in. You're in Iowa because uh, obviously your wife Hillary Clinton is uh, running for president. Well, that is true. Also, uh, Ted Cruz has some pretty wild after hours uh, shindig. <laughs> you know this about this guy, but uh, really likes to wet his hair down. Yeah, so you've been going to uh, Ted Cruz's parties. Is that what you're saying? Just you're there, you're there to hang out and party. Well, we, we might have our uh, philosophical differences, but that guy really can, uh, well, he knows how to throw a party, let's put it that way. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem to stop you. You've, you've uh, you know, you crossed party lines before. I see you playing d- golf with Donald Trump and uh, Rudy Giuliani and all these types of uh, people that, you know, you have differences with. Philandering around? Well, uh, Giuliani's okay. Uh, Trump is, uh, you know, that Trump, uh, that guy's a goddamn maniac. <laughs> I had to stop uh, hanging out with him even. And for me, and for me to say that, that's uh, that's really that's a lot. Are you there, Mr. President? Right, Press Bill. I think he just had a stroke. This <laughs> <laughs> Viagra just kicked in. <laughs> Hello, Mr. President. Are you there? You know. If 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 the if Clinton's kicking you out of a party, you've had too much. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the. Uh, it's Air Force One. You right. know what it is. There we go. I think we're back on the. Uh... Hello. Something because I ain't having anybody. I like a crazy. Ted Cruz and I were backstage at uh, the Black Sabbath show. <laughs> uh, those guys are. Uh, those guys are something of uh, an inspiration. Right. I must say. <laughs> you went to the Black Sabbath, the last, the last Black Sabbath shows. You were backstage with Ted Cruz. Is that what you say? Absolutely. <laughs> what goes on back there? But, I'll tell you what; those guys are uh, a little older than me, and they uh, they do pretty well. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Um, are you? Were you upset that the original drummer wasn't there? I'm sorry. One more time. <laughs> are you a Carmine fan? Who, who's your drummer? For sad. Uh, I don't. Hey man, I know. Uh, I know that uh, that Geezer Butler and uh, Ozzy. I don't know those other assholes. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Is it getting a little Whoa. blue? Now that he's out of office, he doesn't really have anyone to answer to. So well, he yeah. could like. I'm letting my I'm letting my hair down, man. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. President, uh, back to Donald Trump for a quick second. I know you went to his wedding. Did you go to his bachelor party also? And how was it? Now, we, we've discussed this before. I did not go to that man's wedding. <laughs> I guarantee I did not go to that man's wedding. <laughs> did you go to the bachelor party? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> 
I get, you know, when he's saying he's not good. Oh, uh, <laughs> I screwed it up. There he goes. Sorry, you screwed it up. Every time yeah, we have the president on, the ex-president, you, screw, yeah, you say something and he, he just yeah, hangs I'm up. I'm sorry, guys. You cornered I apologize. Him. His wife's running a campaign for crying out loud. That's right. I we know, don't talk about parties. The last thing right. he needs is some... Unless Air Force National Fun Choir. just, like, uh, hit the water or something. Air Force Fun. The guy likes to fart. He does. A couple broads, some booze, and he's he in. keeps it serious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's committed. That guy. You should commit him, all right? Uh, there he is. There's a president, you know, former president of the United States, Bill Clintron. Hail to the chief, everybody. We should take a quick break, and in about 10 minutes, we'll be back to interview Mr. Steve Tozzi, or Tozzi, depending on whether you're a Carmine Apice or a (laughs) a Peace fan. And uh, he's the director of Riot on the Dance Floor, the story of Randy Now and City Gardens. That's going to be fun. Fun documentary. I just watched it about an hour ago. I watched the whole thing. It's great. Yep. I I did my research. (laughs) I watched a movie. I'm in the garage, freezing my toes off. Thank you. It's going to be great. All right. Well, it's going to be great, and we'll be back after these words. Thank you, everyone. The best music on the best station. Radio Nope. That was a great hour.
Hello, you're on uh, Jefferson Starship Radio. How are you? Hey, this is uh, Steve Tazi. I'm calling you for an interview. Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? This is John from Live from hey. the Garage. Thanks for calling in. Hey, hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, we appreciate it. I watched the movie today. Uh, Steve directed this movie called Riot on the Dance Floor, the story of Randy Now and City Gardens. i got to tell you, I was really entertained by the movie. I thought it was great. Good, nice job. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. We're actually live right hey, now, Steve. You're on air. Yeah, we are. We are live. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, for it's, it's Brian, this is Brian Music. Right on. Well, I'm glad you saw it. Okay. I did. I did my research. I sat out in the garage, and I watched uh, all of my favorite and some of my uh, least favorite bands all uh, argue and fight. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> what, were some, what were some of your least favorite that you saw? Oh, I don't know. Crap I don't. Crap. You know, I don't want to say. Right back at you. Buddy. I'm not. Let's just say I'm not a big ska fan. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but the ska. But wait, wait, wait. The ska right. of that era was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I could appreciate it. But uh, yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> and you know, yeah, I like. I, I like a lot souls. of ska. What? It's funny because it's that's that club was a lot of different things for you know for a lot of different people. So you know, one night would be completely like a ska night and you would have no, you would only think of that place a certain way. And then in Thursday nights, they had dance nights there that, you know, the people only went to the dance nights and they had no idea that there was hardcore shows happening on Saturday and that place would blow off the way it did. So, right. That's um, what's kind of weird about that place that it was so like, you know, there'd be so many different acts. Right. What was hilarious to me, Steve, this is Brian music off. Hi. What was, hey, man. how you doing? Good. Thanks for calling in. What was hilarious yes, to me, about the ska nights versus the dance nights versus the hardcore nights was I would see the same people attend and they would all have a different way of dressing for each. Like they would do up the rude boy thing for the ska or the black oh, yeah. and white. And versus like the hardcore shows where then it would be like basketball shirts right? and like cut off. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, that was, a, that was a big hangout for people because it was cheap oh, yeah. beer and and uh, and in the shows, are, and you might not like it, you know, let's say one band or something like Randy would put like you know, a ska band with a, you know, a hardcore band and, and see if there was some sort of like, you know, crossover between them. And, and a lot, you know, granted a lot of, a lot of hardcore kids like ska, uh, because of its origin and stuff. So it's, you know, that was, oh, that was an easy sell for Randy at the club, but, right. and, um, uh, let's tell it was a home for a lot of people. So they spent a lot of time there, whatever the music was. Right. Let's tell our, I agree. Let's tell our listeners that Randy is the uh, guy who I guess booked and managed Louis uh, managed. Well, well we should, he was, was a promoter. promoter. He was a promoter. We should first uh, tell the audience uh, that City Gardens was a venue in Trenton, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God's sakes, you know? People, don't, right people <laughs> don't know what the hell we're talking about here. Music right, off. Right, right, um, right. Trenton, New Jersey is, a, of course, a city in New Jersey. Trent, Tron? Yeah. And, uh, New Jersey is a state in America. The city Gardens was this big uh, venue that like all these punk kids, well, not really punk, but hardcore and uh, different kinds of kids would go to this. Everyone. This giant everything. venue. They've Everyone. had bands. They've had every band there, you know, from Husker Du to Black Flag to the Fall, Circle Jerks, John Jett, Wall, Voodoo, Dead Kennedys, DRI. Everybody you could think of, Bad Brains, played City Gardens. Did you play City Everybody Gardens? Everybody did, yeah. It was, a, it was a major, it was a, it was a major stop off for, for bands coming, coming from like D.C. or going from New York to D.C. or vice versa or what have you. I did you know, and I sat down with Randy or with bands and stuff and I was like, well, why was this place significant? Like, well, besides it being large, like it wasn't like a destination city in any way. Right. Um, you know, like what were they doing? Well, the, the reality was like if you talk like Milo was you really stressed this when we we sat with him. It's like you have to understand. It's like you're coming up from like D.C. and you know that's you might hit the the possibility of doing a show on an off night 
would be huge because we would just be sitting making no money, you know, right. and we'd just be burning through the money we had. So, you know, you wanted to get a show between D.C. and New York and City Gardens. And Philly. Oh, God. Hello? It's the Chinese censors. Well, Philly was... Philly was like a tough place. The other clubs were really kind of consistent and being open and stuff and the same promoter. So it was a little bit of a dodgy deal at times for a lot of bands. So they would just go to Trenton. And, and also they liked dealing with Randy, which was also significant for them. Yeah, he seems so, like a really like sweet dude. You know, like uh, he, he really, uh, it, it would take a lot to get him going. He's actually on the screen right now. We're watching the background. <laughs> it's great. It's like perfect. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good, I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, there's no question about it. He really liked to... Uh, he still does it today. You know, he wants to bring a lot of music to people and sort of turn you on to something new. And even when I see him, say, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Check this out and, and, and all that. I mean, he's just like, you know, he's a promoter through and through, you know. So, when, now, when you, uh, uh, when you uh, approached him about doing the movie, was he, was he all cool with it? Because he seems to be, you know, you, you spend a lot of time with him. I do. Well, I actually didn't approach him up front. Like, I, I, the only person I remembered from... Independently, the shows I would see there was Randy. I didn't really know anybody. I didn't live in the area. I grew up in Old Bridge, oh, yeah, Jersey. Okay. Right, metal militia. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, I didn't, I didn't really uh, spend enough time there to sort of know the locals and stuff. So, but I remember when you know I was researching, I was like, yeah, there's like a promoter there that, that actually was up front, and you could, you, you know, you knew that he was the face of the place, uh, which a lot of clubs you just didn't, you know, besides Hilly and stuff and. There were definitely other clubs that you knew the promoter, and he was out there. Might have been out there, but not many. Nothing in New York that I remember independently of Hilly. But um, when I started researching, and I, I was like, "Well, you know, who are the players and stuff like that?" So I, I really didn't go in trying to make a film about Randy. I was going to make it about just the club, and I didn't know there was going to be anybody who was going to rise, you know, above everything else as being like, you know, the the centerpiece for everything. And, and after interviewing a couple people like Tesco V. Ian Mackay, we went down to D.C. to interview Ian at the Discord house, and uh, he was very upfront about it. He was one of the first people we sat with. He's like, he's like, he was the basis that fuck the club, make it the film about Randy. Right, yeah, right, great likes, idea. Uh, Slippery slope. I you know. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious, what, uh, in addition, to add on to what John just asked you, what inspired you to make this mo- this documentary was it were you just inspired by what a cultural phenomenon the venue was like hey let's document this it, 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 that definitely had there was definitely parts of that I mean, i'm from new jersey so and it, the club meant a lot to me but i was you know i wasn't a regular um but i thought it was a very unique thing that there was this place that like uh, structurally, was an ugly place. I mean, there was nothing redeemable about. Yeah, it's like it was a, a cinder block building, right? Just like you a know? big box. We have to explain it for our listeners. It was a, yeah. it was a box. You know, um, firehouses are much more attractive than <laughs> City Gardens was in regards <laughs> to its facade. So, a, a you know, it wasn't box. like this. You know, if you look back at like the old Ritz and and uh, Studio Fifty Four, and even you know a lot about the fact that like Seabees wasn't a building. You know, Seabees was pretty run down as a structure, but it had the Bowery around it, which had a lot of, like, you know, there's a lot of history of that place, uh, a lot of scary history about that place, but this part of Trenton, there really wasn't much to say about it, and there, it was a very industrial part of the, of the area, so, and the building was just nondescript, so you really couldn't, everything that happened there was imported in, right. independently of the locals who went there, but Randy was from, wasn't from Trenton, you know, he lived locally, but he had to come in, all the bands were some, for somewhere else, obviously, and, um, 
and all the kids came from different parts of New Jersey. So, you know, I think the fact that it was like, well, why was this so significant for people? And it wasn't like, hey, this is a great place to hang out because it's just a cool place to be. It it, it had had all to do with the people and the bands that were there. It really had, you couldn't rely on the building, which I thought was very unique. You know, so you wouldn't, I I was uh, very fearful of getting involved with something that was going to be about, look, let's save the building and, you know, and this great history about this lavish place, about saying used to be a incredible theater or opera right. house or something. We had none of that, you know. So, right. which was nice, you know, because um, and it was also when you've seen the film, it's like when Randy stopped work doing his thing there, um, you know, the place just fizzled right away. Like they just couldn't do it without him, you know. Right. So, like, you know, that's that's you know, I wouldn't know who if Rock Hotel stopped doing shows one year in New York and then someone else picked it up. Would it feel much different? Probably not. Yeah, you know. But with City Gardens, it was different. You know, we were just going to say uh, that's kind of indicative of the underground music scene all throughout America because the, this would happen all over, especially in the suburbs where there were no clubs to go to, like a CBGBs. You know, especially in places like Wyoming and you know parts of Texas, all over so Long Island. Long Island. We had a place called the Pewak, you know, uh, which was the People with right. AIDS Coalition, and and Fugazi played there. But like, it's a nondescript like AIDS shelter. You know? Well, the so, great thing about playing a place like that is that th- it would be a place where all the kids in the neighborhood or whoever would just show up no matter what was going on right. and that was the attraction like it's hey even even you're, you're in a band nobody knows about it's like you know these scenes that don't happen anymore especially not here in new york city yep. there's just nothing it's completely right. fractured that kids would just show up and that would be the thing to do like going to the bowling alley the arcade and it was like a built-in audience no matter what happened yep. right but and not only did they just show up they showed up from an hour to uh, sometimes like an hour yeah. two hours like people kids were driving down from connecticut well, yeah when we were driving around tour oh, that's yeah. the only way we could make it because of built-in scenes like that you know we right. played wyoming 300 people why because there's nothing else to do because they're, they're there yeah, yeah they're coming out. <laughs> yeah. and usually those are the that's exactly out. right you know it was and, and there was a lot like early on that club you know when they had bands like um uh you know like early black flag and they had you know they they had um like the violent stems played there um you know, Randy booked like Depeche Mode there. Right, uh, right. Uh, no, not Depeche Mode. Sorry, way off, way off. New Order played there. Duran, Duran, Duran. Same, same shit. P I L Duran, Duran. Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, he booked he booked bands that were like Duran, Duran played there. Billy Idol played there. You know, so like he did all that stuff. So like there was a lot of there was a lot of selection, and especially when bands were just starting out. Like when no one wanted to book, you know, you know, New Order then. So I booked him in, like, he put basically, like, an afternoon show. Like, he booked Henny Young. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> like, that's... Sam Kinison played there. You know? Wow. Um, so it's like, I, I always appreciated the fact that he would just, like, take these incredible risks for, like, zero money. Right. You know, like, he, the payback that he got was... I mean, he lived on it. There's, there's no denying the fact that the guy made a living for a certain amount of time off that place. But... It, you know the fact that like it, it was this constant struggle, and I and I spent film. I did spend a lot of time with them, doing shows locally. You know, at like Firehouse, and it's, it's a ton of work for like zero payout. Yeah, I felt I was like, well, you're doing this much money, this much work, but it's like three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, it's, it's what I do. You know. Yeah, so, he actually, if you watch the movie, he I don't want to give too much away, but he quits the post office. Thinking like this is going to be the, you know, he's he's making enough money to live, so he quits the post office. Like Motorhead's supposed to play like the next night or the next day, or <laughs> and then Motorhead cancels, the and like him. he's like, oh, his, like he wants to kill us, and his life is like ruined. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, he gave up. Right, his- I know that's like you know when he said that, like he kind of sprung that. I used to do when we would go film Randy. I was it was usually just me and Randy, and then it would be Ken Salerno, who was a photographer who documented that place for like 
something like 15 years or so. Wow. Um, Excellent. But, you know, we just would, would go, and he just sort of dropped that story, on, you know, in this town that he was showing us. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize, like, you know, it was kind of weird. I showed the film uh, at for, like, a bunch of, for, like, a, a bunch of, like, um, just some locals, but, you know, they were more part of, like, an arts council thing in Princeton, and, and they kind of laughed the fact, like, well, that's some career, like the post office, mm. you know, but I'm like, I said, hey, you know, to them, to him, that's a very important thing that he had to give up. Like, you know, yeah. no one, this guy was a he's like a blue collar worker. You know, this is nothing to laugh right. at in any pension. form. And you're giving that's giving up your medical, that, you your know? pension, a right. steady job. Right. You know, right, right, right. that's that's a serious gig. Yeah, and I was just gonna that's say, that's a serious gig, man. That was like his livelihood. So I was like, well, yeah, like he was taking a huge risk. So, uh, but you know, with him, because he always makes his stuff, you know, laughable. Uh, you know, he just comes off like, well, you know. Because, you know, he's, again, he's, he's, like, people who are reacting to this are, like, you know, Joe Biafra, you know, like, was there during this whole time, and, and he knew Henry Rollins really well. You know, so, like, you have these people who are making, you are starting to see thing, and, 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 and their careers are now, like, you know, exploding and stuff, and, and he wanted to be a part of that, you know. So I think it was, a, obviously, it was a great risk, you know. For everybody, I see. Um, Ra- uh, you had Rollins in the documentary, and Ian McKay. We all like to collectively congratulate you for editing out Dave Grohl because we were sure he was in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never. You know, I didn't know. To be honest with you. And and I didn't know that Dave Grohl had such a connection to DC, hard, you know, hardcore and stuff like that. That was kind of uh, sprung on me much later. I'm like, oh, I had no idea the guy was so connected to that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was never really on my radar for people to sit down with. You know? So you weren't filming, and like he's out in the cold in the window, like banging on the. Let me let me in. <laughs> right. yeah, get to get in. I know. He did show up in a lot of films, like right after my film came out. It was like he was in this film and did his own film and, and all sorts of stuff. But, it's like a press junket. You know, in fairness, cool he has that? he says that's like a press junket. In fairness, <laughs> he has his credibility, so I think he would have a great a great many things to say about. Uh, I'm City sure Lawrence he's too. got a story about everything. That well, old scam. It's legitimate though. He was there and he played with good bands. So anyway, so uh, yeah, well, I've never been to New Jersey. Interview me, Dave Grohl. Uh, no, I'm gosh. just kidding. I was just, just a joke. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, one thing I wanted to say back to uh, Ken. Uh, one thing I noticed as you were documenting City Gardens, Ken was documenting you. And that was brilliant. I'll have to find some photographs oh. and put up. Ken, Ken Salerno. Oh, Ken Salerno. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I he did, he does there, so. a lot of that. And because, you know, what, what, what it would be uh, with that, you know, we would go film somebody, and then after we'd go and, and, like, grab a beer, and then we'd just talk about it. So, like, a lot of people that we shot that day, like, we would sit with, you know. So, um, and Ken, like, there, I, I don't think I've ever been out with Ken, and I spent, like, basically on and off, I would say, four or five years of them that I've seen without his camera. Mm. So he's literally just like, hey, we'll be just sitting eating and he's taking pictures of you, you know, with your beer. And because to him, that's like, he liked to document what his days about. So, uh, but he got some incredible stuff of just, uh, that I didn't because my, my, you know, my head's in the interview and making sure everything is going the way it needs to go to get what we need to get. And, you know, he's shooting all this stuff. It's so, like, candidates. he got incredible yeah. pictures of, like, Ian McKay and uh, Tesco V. When we interviewed Tesco V up in Pennsylvania, you know, I was I, – we interviewed Tesco before, and then they played. And a uh, you know, couple bands played, and they were headliner, obviously. And then um, he was like – he nudged me. He's like, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, and they weren't really done. I'm like, why? You know, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to film the whole show. I might get some good stuff. I was like, this place is crowded with Nazis. 
Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? So, so he's like, so I turn around, he pulls me over and he shows me his camera and he's like, he shows me this guy's arm. It's this elaborate, like history of like Hitler and all this racism on this guy's arm. It was in Pennsylvania. And he's like, we're, this is everywhere. We got to like, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm like, all right, let's bolt up. But, was it Phil Anselmo? You know, for, for, for me, it was like, it was shocking. I didn't notice any of that. As you know what I'm saying? It's like, he, he's constantly just looking around and catching what's going on. So, yeah, I, I know the picture. It's it's this overweight guy, John. It's this overweight guy with his shirt off in the middle of like maybe like a three or four man pit. It looks like a like a makeshift kind of venue too, right? Right, Steve? Yeah, it's kind of like a bar, you know. And then it's like it was weird because it was yeah. stage, and they had like all these like arcade games like right next to the stage, which was really awkward and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah but it's kind of like a bit of a makeshift thing. And the comment thread when Ken posted that particular photo, the comment thread was my favorite thing in the world. I can't even begin to elaborate. Well, everyone uh, read that on your own time, I right, guess. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Steve. How'd you get rat skates from Overkill? That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I never heard anyone from Overkill speak. And then, like, he <laughs> must, I, 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 where are they from? They must be from, like, Jersey or something because the uh, rat skates yeah. is like, hey, what's going on? Uh, this is rat skates over How here. How do you say that? <laughs> I'm like, wow, hey, it's weird. Yeah, this is my people. Yeah, you can tell he's from Jersey. He's, uh, yeah. um, you know, I wanted to talk to... You know, through other projects and stuff, we met people like worked on um, with another director on the Fishbone documentary, and uh, you know, we met some people through there when I was kind of ramping up to do this. And and I saw and I knew you know, Brandy didn't book a ton of like thrash bands and metal bands, but he did he did some like DRI um, and and I know Overkill played there a couple times. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, this would be good because I knew Overkill played the night of the Venom show, so I figured, well, it would right. be good to get. And I knew Henry how Henry was what Henry was going to say about Venom. Like I knew that. Up front. Like I know he's going to go on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be really fun. Uh, he's been on you record know, so, before, I believe, in different different uh, publications about that show. <laughs> of that show, which is a legendary. Oh, yeah, it's legendary. We, we've been we've been hilarious. playing we've been playing the Venom uh, stage banter on this show for years. I mean, it's that, and that that's kind of like explains to you how City Gardens was like to book book Venom and Black Flag on the same show is insane, and that's a whole story unto itself. Right. But but that's where I mean, if, you, if if the audience isn't familiar with it, which you should be. Um, there was a tape that, that was made of uh, Venom, the stage banter in between songs, and of course you could hear it on, I forget which Beastie Voice song, but everybody knows, you're wild, man, wild. wild. Oh, and he goes nuts, <laughs> uh, Kronos is going crazy, you know, and then Overkill opened that show. Right. Right, like, I, o o Overkill was the opening band, I figured, and I walked in, like, you know, Overkill was a Megaforce Records band, and they, they toured with Venom and stuff, and I'm like, I wanted the opposing view. That was the reason why I wanted him there, so I figured he's going to go. And I never spoke to him before, and I didn't. I didn't send him any questions prior, so I, I went in completely cold. And I figured he's going to go. Well, Venom's a great band. Like they had a great. I don't know what hell Henry was talking about because yeah. they were awesome. But he had the complete opposite of that. Did he's like they he suck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he was like they suck. They suck live. They were terrible. They were, it was a mess. Not to say they didn't get better, but they were like they were. They did not bring it that night, and and so it was just like this kind of pile on. And he couldn't get away from it, so I was like, "Well, that's where the story's going to go," you know. So, and it's just a hilarious story—the <laughs> fact that the recording of that, 
showed up like on the Beastie Boys record and it like it got like a 45 from oh, like man. it made you know, its rounds Thurston oh yeah that, and yeah. I'm sure you've read that Kronos is uh, you know counterpoint to that which is like you know him saying that the uh, <laughs> black flag, flag was there with their moms and that made them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that oh my goodness I heard that to the gods rock and roll there he is. There's Kronos. So instead, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and just go through the whole movie with you, like, like because you could watch the movie and do that, you know. Right. I want to interview yeah. you, kind of, and I want to know if, uh, you know, speaking of these guys you had on, like Rollins and Ian McKay and stuff, you, you, I'm so I'm assuming those guys are pretty accessible and nice, and yeah, sure, I'll do it. Was there anyone who was like uh, really hard to get you couldn't get that you wished you did? Um, there was there was um. And I'm gonna forget his name because I, I just I, I didn't I didn't really know the band, but um, the lead singer of LCD Sound System we tried to get James oh, Murphy. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't know his re- connection to the club in any way. But someone said, "Hey, you know this guy was a bouncer at C- at, at City Gardens." I'm like, "When? I never like, what?" Well, actually, I'm and a- I didn't and I I don't propose to know who the bouncers were in any great you know any sort of great way historically. Because like, oh, this guy was actually a bouncer. He said he talked about City Gardens like at the LCD sound system shows. Like That's how nuts. great this place yeah. was. I never so knew I that. knew. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. No, I, I <laughs> knew. Done. I knew through uh, um, a composer who does a lot of work for commercials. He was the like the keyboardist for LCD sound system at one point. So I'm like, so he knew him. So I said, all right, let me go make a connection that way. And we tried and tried and tried, and it just like didn't. It just didn't happen. It wasn't like it was just. It was so much analyzing about what this was about and what this was going on. Like, what are you doing and, and all that stuff. It just became like, it was became kind of a, like just draw, too drawn out and a bit of a joke. I'm like, guys, you like either you want to do it or you don't want to do right. it. Like, we're legitimate. You know, we told them we have this huge list of people that are in it. You know, it's we, we, we want to get this done, and we decided to give up. Bob. But, I mean, not to say that he would have been so amazing. It was just the fact that he was. I think his story is so unique in where he ended up. It would have been great to get his perspective on, on the place. Do you have like a, t- um, a team of people helping you uh, reach out to everybody? You have to do it all yourself, like me. Sorry, Brian. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tommy and everyone. I, I did. I did have a, a small group of people, but people who worked. A lot of people who worked. In fact, I think everybody who worked in the film, except for maybe the sound engineer and the colorist, all went to City Guards. They were all people who I just said, "Can you be a producer? Can you be a producer and help me out?" So they would they would say like hey like Ken got me incredible people it got me Jella I mean um, sorry I got Tesco um, Steve D Steve Lodovico uh, and and Amy Wolfing who wrote the City Gardens book the oral history they connected me with a ton of people Steve D connected me with a ton of people yeah mm-hmm. so it was like you know the Gnostic Front and and uh, Harley we interviewed Harley in my office wow. in New York mm-hmm. um, how did the uh, how, was a group. Well, I was just gonna ask how did the whole uh, John Stewart thing go down. The the John Stewart thing, like he, we want, we were ready to kind of, you know, we felt like I felt like I, if I didn't have enough people that made sense to John Stewart um, on the surface, like hey, we have Joe Biafra, we have Henry Rollins, we have this person, it's a real thing. Please be in this movie. John Stewart, of course, um, worked at City Gardens. John the Stewart. reason, it, yeah, right. With yeah, the, he was a bartender. He was a bartender. He was a bartender for about a year and a half or so. Um, he was mean. And, uh, yep, he refused to serve. He you. was mean to you. To- completely mean. I deserved it though. Why? How old are you, Brian? <laughs> What's that? How old are you? I'm 43. Really? But uh, at the time, I was not 43, and I was asking <laughs> for water upon water. 
Yeah. And, you know, water's free, and he just didn't want to serve. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. I, I met ahead. John Stewart yeah. uh, a long time ago. Where? He was very nice to me. Hmm. Uh, the bill. This is before uh, anything. I think he had the MTV show back then. It was, it was the Billboard Music Awards. I think he was hosting it. Right. I want to say it's like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I talked to him. He was, he was a nice guy to me. I, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you guys. Well, Did you ask I, him for water? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't behind a bar. Oh, you know, I'm not. Uh, really grinds his gears. I'm, I, I stood about two feet above the guy. I could have kicked John him down Stewart the stairs yet. if he said anything. I, I've told the story before, but I, I went to a taping of The Daily Show, and uh, I actually asked John Stewart during the Q&A. Uh, he was like, yes, you in the back. And I said, is it true that you were a bartender at City Gardens? And he just froze. And he was like, that's not a question I was expecting. And then he went into this whole story where he was basically um, was bartending and he saw Martha Quinn, who he had a big crush on. And so he kind of like got from out behind the bar and like go to hit on her and just flirt with her. And he, he turns around and it's um, Steve Bader's and they're sucking face. And it like totally yeah. like oh. killed his heart oh, on yeah. it. That's in the book. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's so it's bitter. And, right. and he calls in for like, uh, it's only a few seconds. Seconds he's in the in the film, and you yeah, gotta... it was very brief, and I, I, it was a, I was a point that I wasn't going to use any of it because it was like, you know, we had the, we had we had two people we had two phone conversations with people that Amy got from doing the book that there were you know it was it, it stood outside from the people that we got so we had like Al uh, Jurgensen from Ministry yeah. and John. And I felt like, well, you know, the film, in, in by nature, because we got, wanted to get a you know, huge range of people, there was a lot of talking heads in it. So I felt like, well, it isn't, it isn't that bad that I suddenly go to this graphic that has just someone on the phone. You know, so I felt like, well, you're seeing a lot of talking heads anyway, so seeing something else isn't bad, yeah, structurally, I- for the film. So that, that, I felt better about it over time. But I, I would think it took me, as I edited the film myself, it took me, I think, about after a year of, of assembling it, then I decided to put him back in the film. Huh. I, I felt like if you didn't see him, maybe yeah. it didn't mean much. But did, it, did it bother it you? Worked. Did you feel like uh, those those little bits were kind of out of place, so it didn't work with the film, and then it, like you finally you came around to it? Does, does it still bother you? Do you watch the film a lot and watch it and go, oh, man, I should have done this differently, I should have done that differently? Oh, definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm still very critical about certain things that I... You know that I would want to have done differently, and and that is one of my. Well, in, in retrospect, I had no control of it at the time when we were ready. I felt like we were ready, so I felt like there was no way he was going to talk to us if I walked up like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing a movie about City Gardens. Would you be in it?" He'd be like, "I I would never get to him," and that was that was true even with like Henry and Jello until we had a lot of those people in place, Ian and stuff. Right. That they. You know, that you're not going to get us until you have the right people. Right. Oh, yeah? It, wow. and it, wasn't, it wasn't a bullshit thing. They were like, you have to understand, they get called every day yeah, to I do guess. something for yeah. somebody. And That's kind of screwed up. You know, for, for the record, I'll do any interview. If anyone asks me to be in a movie, I'll be in it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Henry will probably do the same thing he says. Like, if you contact me, I will try to do your thing if I can do it, you know, which yeah. he was very straightforward with me and stuff. So, right. yeah. anyway, we, I felt that there was no way of approaching John Stewart and getting through his people and his handlers with something that wasn't either getting close to festival or not, and at the time he was doing his movie uh, Rosewater, so it was like he wasn't even in the country. So yeah. I said, alright, I gotta move forward. So at that point, we had to like, get the film done. So. It's a year, years-long project, man. This is, it's, it's, why, you know, why, why'd you do it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why? Uh, why? Because it's a cool Steve. Why? Yes, sir. No, it was why? funny. I was thinking about it, like, I, I, you know, uh, when I started to think about doing a film, um, I was working at a, I work in, in commercials. I do, I direct animation stuff for commercial spots. And um, I was at a small company 
that uh, the owner pulled me aside and was like, hey, you know, we're going to we're, we're pitching this new thing. We want you to start thinking about it. And my job would be to, like, to develop storyboards of like what this could look like that we would show to the client and say, hey, give us a lot of money now and we'll go make it. And that was basically that's what I do in a, in a really bad nutshell. Like a sizzle but, reel. <laughs> so it's like, all right, he comes up to me and says, we have this new thing. And I said, well, what is it? It's, like it's an experiential piece, which basically it's like, it's kind of like, like a museum piece. Like there's going to be a structure, but we're going to do some part of it, like a movie, like a, a, a video. It's inside this this thing at a museum. Like, all right. So it's kind of like, in, if you've ever been to the Franklin Institute, they have like that walk, that heart that you walk into, you know, that you can see like how the heart works. Right. He's like, it's kind of like that. I'm like, all right, well, in what way? And he's like, well, it's actually going to be the upper and lower GI, you know, <laughs> like the, the intestinal, you, the whole structure. And I'm like, so then without a beat, I'm like, so I'm going to have to make something for a giant anus you walk into. <laughs> and, I, and, and he was like, I guess so. <laughs> so. I was like, I walked back. I said, Wild. you know, I worked on some really things that I really like connected with. And I felt like this is a nice kind of, Arc for my what I'm trying to do creatively and stuff, and it's just like the most defeating thing I've ever been pitched at. As being like, oh, I need to go and now think about this for a couple of weeks and make something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, to, so when talking about, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so I, I, I just like basically after that, I said I walked out. I bought a film camera. I said. I'm going to start making a movie. There you go. There you go. That's the way to go. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, because I know that you've won a couple of awards for uh, title design and things like that. So you're making this documentary, and you were talking about cutting it before, and I wanted to know how you change your mindset from you know, designing titles to knowing what's going to work well visually for your documentary that you've just spent two or three years collecting material for. Um. Well, you know, I didn't. Um, at the, I, I do a lot of title work uh, for directors, and I really love that because you're doing like you're doing a piece of something, and they're kind of at that point you're you're at the at, you're at the end of what they've done. So, like, like I just worked on um, a film for with, with Jonathan Demi, and like he he calls me at the back end of what he's done. So there's really no creative input that I can give besides what my part is. And I've done that. I did that at that point before I started Riot. I was like, well, I've done this. And I felt like I, I know I can do this, this. I can do this in a larger way. I can, start to, I can tell it stories. I'm doing it anyway for commercials and, and a little bit for titles in, in some form. So I figured it was time to sort of, you know, kind of break out. So that was an easy translation because I was doing things within that realm, but nothing of this scale. I think most people probably say, why don't you do a short first before you start doing like almost a two-hour thing? But I, I figured if I'm going to do this, I might only do, you know, I, don't, I want to do more film as a director. But I said, if I, maybe, maybe I'll never do it again. I might just go for it. So it, just, it was kind of a natural switch. But the nice thing about it was a lot of the back end of making a film is a lot of post-production, mm -hmm. which is, is the coloring of the film. And it's the, obviously the editing of the film. And graphics is a huge thing. And I am involved with that. I know that's where was, I knew I didn't have to worry as much. I was more worried about doing sound, which I don't have any real connection with and I have to get someone to do that. Should have called but, us. Right. Well, well, let me <laughs> we, introduce you to Ryan Collison, who's I'm your a guy. I can do that. We got for a you. guy right here who's, who's a, a foley artist. Who's a foley artist and a sound mixer in so, post production. Where did you end up doing your sound? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> where did you end up doing your sound? Uh, we did a, we did the sound at a place called um, uh, Sonic Union. Um, and I just sort of pitched the film. I said, this is what it is. Should have done the sound with us. I think he we just he dropped out a second. 
Max Hedrum. You know, I, I, not me. Okay, so I was. I, I just like, hey, you know, do you want to want to work on it? Like, I, it's, you have to kind of basically adopt the film, you know, because you know we, this is a low budget thing. So. Yeah. What'd you and do? Then, Kickstarter. What was that? We did a Kickstarter. Yeah. And how much? How much? Uh, how much does a film like this cost to make? It cost ultimately cost. About sixty thousand dollars. Oh my god! I don't think that's bad. I think that's yeah, pretty that's good. Very good. It's not that bad. Really? It really isn't. In but the grand scheme, you think over five. We're talking over five years, four years, five years. Oh, but man. if I had to pull it all together, like between festival submissions and and travel and all that sort of stuff, it's about sixty thousand. We raised about about forty thousand with Kickstarter. Right. So wow. that last twenty thousand was for contracts and stuff that I had to just do on my own. Ugh, that's an, an, so, an incredible amount of money to raise on Kickstarter well, for every, a film about I, like I a place in Jersey that right. like, like you know everybody that knew the venue or had been to the venue at one point of course kicked in some money. Right. So oh, well there you go. The punk rock community is alive and well. Everyone throwing twenty bucks and well, let's Seniority. do this thing. You know? I yeah, could, do you think outside of this topic, do you think you would have uh, ventured into filmmaking Regardless, or is this just something that you have felt you had to express yourself on and uh, get the word out to uh, people, not only the fans of, of the music and the venue, but also um, people that would like to learn about this sort of thing? Do you think you would have been a filmmaker regardless? I think I will. I was, I, because before, I was going to do a different film before I, I, I got involved with doing Riot. I, I was not, this was not my first choice. And, and not because I didn't think it was interesting. I just didn't know anything. I really didn't know that it was a, really a history that that anybody really remembered much. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know, like, how much it, it resonated to me in going there. But I didn't know there was this whole group of people like that just absolutely adored that place. Um, so until I got that going, I, I felt like, well, this has got traction. Also, after, to be honest with you, as I'm kind of lately involved with trying to maybe do something new and it's like if the main subject isn't really excited about what you're doing like randy was really into doing this and in the sense that if he had no creative control of what i was doing and couldn't like randy wasn't involved with any of the edit any like decision making of the film it's like he would just sit and do it and we i always had to keep him at a distance but he, when he got on camera like he was a big storyteller it's difficult when someone really isn't that right. and you have to make a story around him you know what i mean yeah, and you have yeah. to really rely on a lot of other people to kind of tell their story right. and i feel like you know he definitely pulled me in and also everybody knew all the stories like from ian mckay and 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 and, and other band members we talked to jello and they all had granny stories so it just was <laughs> all going back to him because he was a, he was a funny guy. Yeah, you know? he is. He's uh, jolly and, and, you know, he's a personable guy. He's a guy that they're like, oh, this guy's cool. I, I like to be friends with this dude, you know. I'm watching and, him go through his records right now. Yeah. He looks fairly <laughs> this guy. Right. That was kind of weird, too. Like, he just, you, you put kind of these, I don't want to say random, but these, uh, Things that don't have to do with it, so just like in his house with all his weird bobbleheads and his record collection, and his he's got like a, a million Christmas albums. It's funny. <laughs> he's in a century. He's got a Hitler record. <laughs> he's in a centric. He does. He's a collector. Hey, Steve, I'm so curious. Yeah. The the building of City Gardens had been left abandoned for so long. Uh, how yeah. did you get access as a location to film it as it is now? That was the most. That almost brought a tear to my yeah, eye. That was man. the most interesting it, part. It's all disheveled and. Dilapidated. All, How'd yeah, you get in? It looks pretty bad. <laughs> we tried to get in there for a long time. Um, we, um, but the place was it, it, this. The place is in a really bad way, uh, just structurally. So we contacted. It was always up. It's been up. It was up for sale for years. Yeah, so uh, all throughout the filming, and and so we like we contacted the realtor. Like, hey, we want to come in and and do this thing. So they're like, no way. And then we like we had a friend of ours act as a buyer. One uh, and we would sneak in and film, uh, you know. Okay. So, oh, that's great. And that didn't work. 
Um, so I, I, I would think, I would say maybe about six months before I had to go to Final Color, which means I'm going to get the film graded what's going to be the final look of the whole thing. Yeah. But it, so it doesn't look like video that you just shot it, you know, out of your home camera. Yeah, it's going to be the mastering of, uh, of film movies uh, if you're a musician. Timing, right? Definitely. The color. The yeah, color. the color. Right? You're, you're doing this final, this final bake of it. So we get a call from someone we know saying, some guy bought the place. You got to give you, whoever needs to do something for whatever project you're doing, which was myself, Steve, and Amy doing their book, you need to get over here like today. Wow. <laughs> so, Dude, let me give you a little bit of advice. If you like have a tool belt, just walk in with that shit and, and <laughs> just be like, you know, we're, 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 yeah, the, we're, the, like, we're the plumbers. Was, no one will question you. It was you. rough to see it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, whatever happened to it, what's going on with it now? So Not, there's still well, thirty. We got it. Someone bought it, and the guy who bought it was a local businessman. Who he's like, I want to make it into a club again. I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. I said, I got a guy who knows how to do promoting, and I brought Randy over. And then it was like he wants to turn into a reggae club. So <laughs> I said, great. So I don't know where it is, and I know we got a lot of interest in Randy doing shows there again, but I don't know if where he's at and I haven't driven by the place in a while but when I let when I when we shot there like part of the roof was gone right wow. uh, you know they were doing a ton of work and probably you know that's because overkill like, blew that shit off me <laughs> <laughs> no John one thing though, there was still like from like 20 years ago there was still a blood stain on the ceiling from Gwar's props <laughs> uh, yeah Gwar used to play there all the time <laughs> yeah. a lot apparently right <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Now it's a lens crafters. I did, what is it besides the money? What's the big obstacle in making a movie like this? What's the biggest hurdle you have to? Yeah, what's the thing that makes you say, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna scrap the whole thing. <laughs> I was too into it. I mean, with, after doing the kicks, actually, the the most amazing thing about it and the most daunting thing about it, it was going for crowdfunding. Because crowdfunding locks you into doing your thing. Right. Yeah, you can't turn so, your back on the people. Once you get that money, you're like, what am I going to do? Give everybody back their yeah. money? I have to finish it to the end. No use, can't Exactly. Lose. It wasn't like I wasn't going to finish it. That was never on the table, independent if I did some Kickstarter or not. But, like, Kickstarter always reminded me that, like, hey, I got to get this thing done, you know? So it was an amazing. It was amazing to see people come in and do their thing, and it helped us tremendously. But... You know, then you're thinking like, I'm on the hook. I need to get this thing finished. You know, <laughs> you're beholden to investors. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I would have pissed off my investors. Not just one or two. It's like it's every like, every angry punk rock kid yeah. ever went to City Gardens. Larry from uh, Larry from Old Bridge is going to find you. Just, <laughs> there is a Larry from Old Bridge. It's from Sticks and Stones. Yeah, once in a while, like I would get usually around Christmas time or something. I would get like a post like. Hey, what the fuck is up with this thing? You know, to be like, I'm working constantly. I like all my free time is on this thing. You know, like it's happening, but it's like it's slow. And then the the one other thing I think was a really was a was was a, an education I would say in doing this was some of the music that we had to get. You know, a lot of people gave us a lot of bands gave us music up front. Like we want to be part of it anyway. That thought it meant a lot to us. Take a song or whatever, and, we, and, and and the majority of our music was donated, basically. But there were certain bands who were like I, I get, I make a living at this, and you have to go through my record label, and or I had to go through our publishing and all this stuff. Most of the bands were totally upfront, like we don't really want a lot. We just, you know, you just got to pay us the normal fee or whatever, and and that was few and far between. But a lot of the publishing is is a complicated language to go through, and, and it did work out, and they helped us out and everything, but. That is a whole art in itself. And Toby Record, right. who I was gonna say you had Toby um, helping you. He was, in, uh, was in a band PED that played there a ton, and, and you guys yeah. might know him and stuff. I know Toby. He, he, he donated his time, and he was like, look, you know, um, 
I'll help you get through this. And, uh, because he just really wanted to do it. And, and, and I, 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 it would still be undone if it wasn't for Toby record, in my opinion. Yay, it would Toby. be absolutely undone. He's uh, a music, uh, lic- he's a licensing guy, correct? He's a licensing, a licensing guy, guy, yeah. Okay. And also, a lot of times it was like, we can't, like, we had Killing Joke. There's a, there's a song, the Bouncing Soul song, that's at a certain point when we come out of Randy's early interviews and we go to, like, Bordentown, where he lives. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and right now it's a Bouncing Soul song, but for for years it was a Killing Joke song. Right. And you know what I love? It, it was going to be Requiem. You, you played and, a, uh, very, a very old Bouncing Soul song, if I recall, like one of the, from their first album, I think. First album, yeah, and I love that song, and it was perfect. I love that you know? song. And it was like, and they wanted to do it. Killing Joke, like, yeah, fine. And but then they, ne- in regards to like getting paperwork signed and all that stuff, like we, ne- they never responded for years. And it was just like, we can't, we just can't keep beating yeah. this. Like, How about this? And I said, well, we love the soul, so it made a lot of sense. And we had to change it over. But you know, that's also very hard that you get used to something that. Um, that eventually you have to rip out because you can't cut a deal for it. And that happened to a, uh, in the beginning, if you saw the film at festivals or you bought the DVD, the film is different. Hmm. And the, one of the major things that was cut out of the film was this, but right in the beginning, it's the first thing you see is Randy playing this really cool children's record that you put that the record was a 45. You're and talking the theatrical? On the, on where the, theatrical versus DVD? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's a, it's a 45 record. Right, and then in the middle, uh, where the with the um, the title of the record would be is actually like a strip of a cartoon, like uh, like you, and you put this mirror like reflector um, in on the re- record itself on the turntable. When you played it, you watch the mirror, and it was like a Zotrope. We actually oh, played the cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember it those. was really cool. Yeah. Okay, now- and we we shot it, and then what happened was that. This is this is from the people that made it was like like they were like uh, you know uh, a defunct company from the 1960s and they were anywhere, and ended up at the song was owned the publishing was owned by one of the majors, one of the major publishing houses and they were like we want a ton of money for it I'm like forget it this oh, is ridiculous God. so like Paul Simon and the Brill building I, I, that's the most heartbreaking thing that we lost people like wait what happened to the Raven the Red Raven record thing I'm like yeah I had to cut that out ah, <laughs> so about about going back to music licensing. I know you had a supergroup do music exclusively for this project. Can you talk about how that came together? Um, you're talking about House of Others? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, Peter Cabot, who is in Vision, who I loved as, in, when they played City Garden, I used to go all see them. Yeah, always. Um, Vision. Yeah, they're a great, great band. And, yeah, it's and a great Peter Vision great story in the movie, Pete too. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I, I, I wanted to get Pete because there was a certain night that in, that's really incredible that happened to City Guards with the band we exploited. So he was a logical interview. So we sat him down, and then we just became friends, and he wanted to help. He's like, what can I do? Can I do music or whatever? And I said, well, I like to get some business songs. I like, yeah, that's fine. You can totally have that. But he wanted to do something original. So he got, like, uh, you know, a bunch of guys um, from... From just, from just a bunch of bands that we all go and see locally and stuff, or like you know, that I said this is great. So he just went out and they wrote a song and they and they had to record it and he spent his own money. It was like I mean he didn't need to do this in any form. Yeah, that was nice. He just wanted to do it, you know. Yeah, it was pretty killer. And we had like, you know, like Kevin Seconds wrote us a song which was really cool, and yeah, uh, we had Luscious Jackson do something really cool, and, and they go. they had Kickstarters going on, so they were like. 
they had a, I got kind of hooked into other Kickstarters at the time I was doing mine. Kevin Seconds and, and Lush Jackson were doing one, and they would write a song for you for like a certain amount of money, like for your, oh, okay. you know, for yeah, your, yeah. Uh, like your answer machine. They're yeah. like, hey, I'll write a song for you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, can you actually forget the answer machine? Can you write a song for my movie? And they were like, yeah. Sure, we'll do that. Right. So that that's makes how sense. we got both those other songs. Yeah, I'm a, so I, Pete, I love Luscious Jackson. I think they're great. I, I always have. In Search of Manny. If you don't have the In Search of Manny cassette tape, go out and get that. I could lend it to you <laughs> if you want. It's fantastic. It's a great record. I was just thinking about getting that again, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great record. Listen, send me your address. Email Brian your address. I'll send you my In Search of Manny cassette. I'll dub it first. Do you have a tape player? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'll send you a tape player. <laughs> now, uh, but, but yeah, Peter did a ton of stuff. Peter did a ton of stuff for the film, and that was definitely one of them. One of the big things that he did was do original song, which is we we use it a bunch of. We use, I think, the instrumental end at the end of the movie in the credits. That's the full song. Right. Now, um, did you did you get any band backlash? Because I know a couple people. Tommy, you posted, and then like. You posted something today, and immediately there was schisms in the scene, right? And people started going, "Fuck that!" Mo-. Well, one guy was like, "Fuck that movie!" They made my friends look bad, or something. <laughs> Do you have any bands like yell at you for the movie, like, "Hey, man, what the hell are you doing? You made us look bad in the movie." We did. Um, I, I don't know what that you're referred to is, but I know one. This might be the same thing. We did. Um, we shot at. Uh, we shot a couple things. Uh, we shot Mickey Ween at uh, this place, John and Peters. Yeah. Um, he was great interview, and, by the way. He was great in the movie. He was great. Yeah, Mickey's a great, and he the, they, they, that was a City Gardens band, like no doubt. They were like a Trenton band when they started out. Um, but we shot, we, so we like you know that was kind of a place we'd film once in a while, or at least try to meet people and stuff because it was local. But um, we interviewed this guy, this guy Johnny Pompadour, who was like I, I didn't know who he was. He was like from the he was like a, he's like an elder statesman of that place. He was there like at, almost at the inception. Uh, and he was in a local band called Dash Weaver, and they would open for like one of the first bands, which is this band called The Shades. Anyway, so uh, he he was the one of my favorite interviews because he went through the entire history. He knew about like Fugazi and and like, all the hardcore stuff, and like he just knew everything. Right. And uh, but at the back end, like when I, I would, one of my staple questions, and my question was very, I mean, very straightforward. It was like. You know, what did you remember about the physical space? And, and did you deal with Randy? And, and, you know, and I never led anybody anywhere because that's really not my role. Yeah. But I said, like, well, what do you think in retrospect? What do you think, you know, what do you think was the most important thing you got from this place? Or, or what you, where you see Randy now, how do, you, how do you feel about it? And he went on this diatribe about stuff. But then he went, the last, one of the last things he says in the film, he makes this remark about John and Peters. Um, that right. was basically like... I think that's not. what it was. Yeah, New Hope, right. Yeah, John and Peter. Someone yeah. got upset <laughs> yeah, about John. that in the thread comment. Today. You made yeah. my friends look bad. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that, is that it? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's not a shock to me. But, you know, funnily enough, we, we played at the New Hope Film Festival and John and Peter's at New Hope and we won, like, Audience and Cho- Choice Awards. So, it's kind of funny that, <laughs> you know, like, well, maybe you shouldn't take one guy's opinion so seriously, but, right. you know, that was his opinion. I've been to John and Peter's. It's fine. It's like, you know, it's a club that, you know, maybe had... <laughs> It's, a bunch of people in it, you know, that were famous years ago. It's about the size ago. of a barrage. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't negate what they're doing now. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, when you when you when you had to when you tried to uh, interview Vinny Stigma, did you just write like graffiti on the wall downtown and say, uh, "Contact me, Vinny," <laughs> no. and he called you? <laughs> Vinny was. We got Vinny through Steve Lodovico because they were playing in Philly, and uh, we met them early, and. Um, 
and he remembered Ken, uh, who's, you know, we're all Italians. So, oh. and Vinny's obviously Italian. It was like, <laughs> oh, my buddy. Like, it was like this <laughs> huge reunion. And I don't think they, oh. and I don't think Vinny knew, like, remember his name. It was like they, but he was shooting him for he years. He remembers the sauce, though. Uh-huh. But <laughs> Vinny is like, for me, I love, I, I, I love Anastic Front, and they're, I'm a huge fan. And, uh, but like Vinny reminds me, like I grew up in an Italian family, and and my 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 father was from like the Newark area, Bloomfield and stuff, and he has that Italian face to me. So when I see him, it just reminds me of all these people I grew up with, uh-huh. right away. So like I don't like some people would find like oh you know, you know wow those guys are really like powerful looking and and daunting and stuff, and I'm like no they just look they, he, I mean at Vinny to me is like oh he just looks like every Italian I grew up with. Yeah right. That's like but, like your cousin Tony, who's he's you know he's talks big, but he's not really going to do anything. It's dinner time. Yeah, yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. They were singing <laughs> opera and stuff. And it was great. It was great. It was a very chill thing. But those guys are like super, super nice. They were like they were trying to set us up right, and and I have to say like everybody was really accommodating. Like big. Like, uh, like Ian McKay, like he was like, come to my place and watch hey, like, how we do Discord and stuff. He and let you use the Fugazi, the the movie opens up with a Fugazi tune, like uh, you know how do you, you just add? I, I assume that like in the Fugazi world, you just ask Ian McKay, hey, can I use the song? And he says yes, and that's the end of the legal ramifications of it. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, naive, but Fugazi stuff, like he, they're very. I mean, obviously, it's like they're they're very protective about what they do, and and um. It was weird because I, when I was about to do a promo, I wanted, and I like, I was just like, "Hey, I want to promote that we're going to be at festivals and stuff." And I con- we contacted them and said, "We'd love to use." They were putting out that live series of Fugazi of Fugazi concerts and stuff. So, and they had some city guards and stuff. I said, "Hey, I'd love to use um, waiting room for uh, from city gardens for the promo." And they were like, "They're like, right, Rose, right, like, absolutely go use it, you know." And I think, but I found that then, then like either HBO or one of the cable channels contacted them to use a Fugazi song or a minor threat song, I forget. I think it was Fugazi. They said, no, we don't use do anything commercial with right. Fugazi at all. Right. But so like I a- felt that was right when we were doing I felt amazing. Like, yeah. I really have... I feel very privileged the fact they were letting you stuff. And, and it was just like, just go do it, you know? Well, they, I, think, I, I think they look at with something like your you're doing completely different from something commercial. It's like, you know, they sure. pick and choose like Definitely. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for telling us all about the movie. The movie's called City Gardens. What is the movie called? Ryan <laughs> on the Ryan Dance Floor. City Garden. The story of Randy now in City Gardens. And I have the DVD here. It's a beautiful package. It's amazing. It's it's pretty incredible. And uh, there's also, it's a fun movie. There's a uh, weirdly crowbarred history bit in the middle, which I'm not sure about. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, Steve, normally uh, we ask all our guests to do this game called crap not crap where i'll just name bands and you say whether they're crap or not crap and uh, but we have limited time so i was thinking just we'll do like a city gardens exclusive crap not crap would you be willing to do that (laughs) i'm willing to do that sure all right i feel like most of your answers will be not crap on this but uh if if you feel like you have to stop and qualify go ahead we have about uh seven minutes so here we go city gardens crap not crap crap with steve please pronounce your last name because there's been some discussion here (laughs) Is it Tazi or Tozi? It's Tazi. Yeah, all right, Steve Tazi. That's a common mistake. I like it that all the time. This is Steve Tazi, nice Italian boy here. We're here in Queens. He's yeah. in Jersey, whatever. Where are you living now, Steve? 
Uh, I live down by like Prince. I'm in a small town called Columbus, which is uh, South Jersey. Uh, I know so, Columbus. Yeah, so you're near Prince Tron, man. Steve, we got to talk. Yeah, yeah. My parents lived in Columbus. I could tell y'all. Yeah, I'll yeah. Tell you remember, right remember Brian's neighbor Larry. He loves to talk about things that yeah. the audience doesn't know that's about. Right. It's great. All right. We'll, about, well, that's how you learn. Steve Tazi from uh, from the he makes movies and he's going to do crap, not crap. He has City Gardens, crap, not crap, Fishbone. Oh, not crap at all. They're amazing. All right. Well, uh, who's could do is a ridiculous question. I would assume. Not crap at all. Jane's addiction. No, wait. Yeah. No. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Oh, why not? <laughs> Jane's Addiction. Um, those first couple of records, not crap. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not crap at all. There's Early a, Red Hot Chili Peppers, not crap Right, there's a great scene in the movie uh, where Mickey Ween talks about how before the Chili Peppers became like, you know, U2 or whatever they are now, that they were like the, the fun band. Everyone was a fan. It, like before before the hits. I'm, I've, I think I've pretty much gave, given away the entire film. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't buy the scene. Go out and buy, oh, by the way, where buy can, the DVD where, there's extras. Where can we get the DVD? You can get the DVD, DVD at um, citygardensfilm.com if you're not like close to Randy's places. Right now, for like only like the next month, Randy's going to be having it exclusively in his store uh, besides the online thing. So That's... citygardensfilm.com or Randy Now's Man Cave in Bordentown, New Jersey. That's pretty great that you get like the, the subject of the of the movie to actually Hawk sell, your shit. sell the DVD. It's great. <laughs> he, yeah, loves, he loves it. Yeah, he's pretty excited about it, I must say. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bad Brains. Oh, not crap. The Fall. I, I profess I don't know a ton of The Fall, but I'm thinking not crap. Yeah, me neither. I, I can't like, yeah. name one fall song, even though there's 17 million fall songs. All right, <laughs> let's crap. go. Uh, Circle Jerks. Not crap. Romeo, Romeo Void. Wow. They, they played City Romeo Gardens. Romeo Void. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm borderline with Romeo Void. Borderline. All right. Half crap, half yeah. not crap. Well, first, half jo crap. <laughs> Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Um, yeah, I think Joan Jett's not crap. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think so. Not crap. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm 41, so and I'm so kind of getting old. And I went to see the Who, and Joan Jett opened. She was great. <laughs> yeah, she's got to be. She good, was man. fantastic. No I feel, my thing, but. I feel like I'm leaning over to like my 70 year old like husband, going, "She's great, honey. She's just fantastic, <laughs> wonderful woman." Oh, I listened to the episode that you talked to Tony Ratman, who I'm reading is one of his first books, The Detroit Hardcore Book. Oh yeah, 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 great. Uh, but you asked him Steely Dan. I'm Steely Dan, definitely not crap. I'm just putting out. Ah, uh, you're one, one of those guys. guys. Asia, no, yes. you can't believe Asia's it. a great record. Yeah, Tony Redman, who we've interviewed, actually appears in the documentary. He, he does. He does. Yeah. He does, and yeah. his brother Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's a good guy. We like Tony. Now, he wrote the New York Hardcore book, right? He did. New York okay. Hardcore. The, uh, yeah, we, oh, my God. Look up that Tony Rittman interview. If you're into that, uh, into, into this kind of interview about the history of hardcore. See also. See also Tony Redman. Uh, you can get that on the iTunes. Search live from the mm -hmm. garage and uh, whatever. Um, b -b -b who do we got? R.E.M., who's, by the way, who when they played at City Gardens, um, I, what, they get paid 500 bucks? <laughs> and their rider, their rider was a six pack and four towels. <laughs> Which, yeah. You got to give it to REM, right? Like really there. not the not the biggest fan, but all right. So REM, uh, crap, the not, REM crap. Not, not crap at all. No, no, no REM's great though. Right. Uh, Wall of Voodoo. <laughs> Wall of Voodoo. I love Mexican radio. Me too. That's a, 
I do love Mexican radio, but I can't say that I would know anything else. So they're definitely, ah, geez, that's a tough one. That's, I think they're not crap. I right. think they're not crap. But they're, they're not, they didn't sell me on a ton of stuff back then, so maybe they are a bit crap. This is like the worst idea know. for Crap Not Crap I've ever had, was naming all the bands that, like, obviously, <laughs> in his movie, Steve, is the way into. You never know. Maybe it'll surprise us. Dead Kennedys. Not crap. No, no, they're cr- not crap at uh, all. P.I.L. Who, who is that? P.I.L. Public Image Limited. P.I.L. Uh, I, I, I personally think that they are not crap. Uh, but I don't. I, I, I think Guy Lyons. I, I think Guy Lyons is a complete pain in the ass. Right. <laughs> but, have you dealt uh, with I think him personally? Not crap. To be honest with you. Uh, right. Do you have you heard Johnny Lydon stories where he's like a busted balls? No, I haven't. Really. Oh, you just think he's a pain in the ass. You have a feeling. What's that song? Um, I could be wrong. I could be right. That's a great song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that on the radio the other day. I'm like, That's this is one of the best songs love ever. That song. Rise. It's a great yeah. song. Rise. That, that song. That album is amazing. Yeah, I could be black. I could be white. I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah pick it up. Pick it up. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. I smoke cigarettes all day. Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Duran Duran is a bit crap for me. Oh, it's our yeah, first crap. crap. All right. Even Rio, huh? Just Billy Idol. I say so. Not crap. I, I saw Billy Idol a couple years ago. <laughs> it was great. And here's the band where when, when Motorhead cancels, that he goes, don't worry, we're going to have suicidal tendencies next week, and everyone starts throwing shit at him and go, fuck you. <laughs> suicidal tendencies. No, they're a great band. Not crap. Have you seen, there's a recent video of them at some festival, and Mike Muir just goes crazy. He jumps into the crowd. He's slapping hands at everybody. takes his <laughs> selfie with every single person in the first row. There's like 70,000 people there. Love that guy. <laughs> that, that guy, they, that band, they used to stay with Randy a lot. Oh, yeah? In fact, there's an incredible story that we couldn't really put together, but I'll just say it quickly. He, um, some guy, they like messed up their van or something at City Gardens, like the fans did. And like Mike Suicide Tennessee went on some radio show and basically we're gonna come and find you. Uh, <laughs> like, whoever did that right. like on, on a real radio station, like, we're gonna come and get you. And then they went around town looking for people. These <laughs> like, are the that's guys. a real thing. <laughs> you know, like these I would the... Mike Mirror, that guy is that guy is amazing, you know. These um, are the guys I yeah, would be afraid of. Like if, if uh, Vinny Stigma, Mike Muir, they're gonna come after you. They're gonna come after you. The guy from the Bouncing Souls who was on the right who was talking about Henry Rollins, I forget what instrument he plays. Bass. Looks like you can kick the crack at, yeah, crap out of Henry Rollins. Kylan is a tough guy, yeah. dude. That dude's jacked up. <laughs> he's like a kung fu yeah. master, that dude. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, Listen, wouldn't. Yeah, I, I get arms like little girls. I don't know how these you guys do not it. Mess with. <laughs> DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. DRI, not crap. That's a good band. Violent Femmes. Yes. We had DRI on, haven't we? Yes. Yep. I like I like Violent Femmes, not crap. Anthrax. No, I'm I'm a huge uh, Thrash fan, so I love Anthrax. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love Anthrax. <laughs> I love Anthrax with Joey Belladonna. That's, right. That's, I know. Me too. Anthrax. And this is the crazy thing when they came out with that album uh, with uh, John Bush singing when they redid all the songs. Have you heard that? They, like, I have not heard that. They, they did a- that. Is they, that right? They asked the fans. The lesser of two evils. The lesser the of two evils. They right. asked the fans. Oh, is that what that album was? They, they asked the fans what songs they would like to be redone. And the music is, like, incredible. Charlie Benante, I don't know what he's doing. It's on. He's doing push-ups. The, the band sounds incredible, but it's not Joey Belladonna singing, so it's like, throw it in the trash. 
to me. I grew up with Joey Belladonna. I don't care how much of a choochie he is from upstate. I'm in. And John Bush is a fine singer, too. Yeah, he's a great singer, but who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not right, bad tracks. And why why retread? Right? It's great. So. Black Flag. Yeah. That band, and I love that band, and then and those guys used to play locally a lot where I grew up and stuff, so it's yeah. like, that's a, yeah, they're not, not crap for me, they're great. Right. Uh, Black Flag. Uh, you know, it's weird. Now, Black Flag, <laughs> not crap uh, in, any, in any form. Right. But when I was younger, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a Black Flag you paid me. I, I had no interest in them, so yeah. I think as I got older, I'm liking bands that I wouldn't have listened to when I was younger. Like, I, I'm not a huge Ramones fan. Never been a huge Ramones fan. Well, I'm gonna hang up now. I, yeah, exactly. See you later, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just got well. It's almost like the Misfits. It's like I like the Misfits later, early on. It just it was just too slow. But I was listening to the Bad Brains at the time. I just yeah. like I had this whole like I just got to be really fast thing going on, and I just I just didn't connect with it. But like Flag, I I think you know I look back and say Flag was a is an incredible band. Yeah, so not crap at all. Uh, Flipper. Flipper, no, they're fun fans. <laughs> <laughs> Venom. Venom. Oh man, it's weird because like I was a metal kid, so I liked I liked Venom too. Um, I don't I don't see how you cannot put them kind of in in both worlds because they're amazing in one aspect because of the whole black metal thing and stuff. Right. But that performance sucks. So <laughs> Wild. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of like it's, I, I, what I respect about that performance is it's almost like they had no idea what they were going getting into, and he just goes, "I'm going to go up there and scream my head off about nonsense right. and hope everything I, works out." I think he was so drunk that <laughs> it just came out that way. But that banter, when I was first told about there was a banter forty five out there, just that. I think it was that funny, and then like when you sit down and listen, it's hilarious. I wonder what their and, rider uh, was, anyway. What was that? I, that I wonder what their rider was like. What the venom rider was. It, from what Randy Tom. <laughs> what black licorice. Yeah. Black, black flags, like, we need a towel, and Venom shows up, and they're like, we need six security Please. guards and a limousine. And 70 older women. And a, and a Learjet. <laughs> and an eyeliner. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, Black Flag. Black Flag's an amazing band, and the fact that they're on the same bill with Venom is just hilarious. All right, really uh, quick, we got three more. Gore. Not crap. That's the, a great. That's a whole. That's an amazing idea. That that's right. dude. I I dig those guys in Gore. They seem like cool dudes. Mm, yeah, minus one. They really were. Yeah, no doubt. The Meat Men. No, the Meat Men are amazing. <laughs> Not yeah. crap. Butthole Surfers. Last one. What was the last one? Butthole Surfers. Uh, the the butthole surfers in that same kind of weird thing for me. Like I would never listen to them when I was young, and I, right. when, I when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly why I don't listen to them. I didn't even <laughs> listen to them. It's like I thought they were total shit, you know. But now I can really appreciate it. And I, so I would never say that, that. I think they're. I think it's not crap. I think all these bands are kind of not crap. Yeah, I agree. I think this I, is the worst ever. So Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel. Billy Joel for me is. Uh, see, I grew up in the '70s, so it's like Billy Joel was just everywhere. So I don't, I don't. He's definitely not something I look forward to listening to. Well, how old a guy are you? I'm 44. Right. Uh, he grew up in the '70s. I'm 41. This guy grew up in the yeah, '70s. 42. I grew up in the we '90s. We were babies in the '70s. What are you talking about? Grow up in well, the no, '70s. You're well, eight years no, old. But we heard things like and, you know, and right. that's what we heard Billy Joel and 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 all that soft rock and yacht rock and stuff was in the '70s. So right. you know, it's like and, that was around. It was I'm a absolutely, house, absolutely so with you on that. 
You're almost as old as Brian Musikoff. Right. Congratulations. And, hey, now. Thank you. So, bunch of young puppies. Right. We have Mario. How old are you now? Mario uh, just had a birthday. when I wrote this song. 54 years old. No, he's not kidding. So, all right. All right. Thank you so much, Steve. We really appreciate it. Steve's movie is Thank called you, Ride on the Dance Floor. The story of Randy Now in City Gardens. It it's is available on DVD. It's available at the website. What? And when is it going to be streaming? When's it available for uh, for online stuff, Steve? Online stuff? Well, it's you can get it now on DVD at citygardensome.com uh-huh. and at Randy's store in Boardtown, the main cave. And then we're hopefully going to have it in the next couple of months streaming online, you know, through iTunes and stuff like that. So nice. that's kind of. But we're still we're still at, we're still at festivals. So we're going to be at the Noise Pop Festival in San Francisco in February. Um, so, you know, we don't want to, once you go streaming, you can't do any festivals anymore. So we don't want to do that just okay. yet. Okay. You don't sell right. yourself short. Amazing. Great, great, great film. Uh, Steve, I, I, I enjoyed watching it tremendously. And uh, even though I brought, borrowed the DVD off Brian Musikoff, I will purchase it, I promise. <laughs> no, my brother. You must buy your own. Well, I'm t- glad you guys liked it. I appreciate I, it. No, I, my brother. I ripped my son's DVD out of his bedroom brought it out to the garage to watch that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> like a total chooch. All right. Thanks, Steve. We really appreciate it, man. Take care. Thanks, man. Thanks, Steve. Yay! Yay! All right, man. Steve, good guy. Wow! 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 Everybody, fun. You're doing, Mario? Amazing. Good job, Steve. I'm glad I made it. This is the problem with these guests. I could talk to. We could talk to these guests for ten hours. That's the problem with these guests. Too much content. (laughs) Too much content. It goes on. I mean, no, it's good. I mean, the problem is that I don't want to get off the air with. Yeah. He was out by ten. It's a a good problem to have. No, I'm not saying City Gardens. I'm not saying it's a problem for the the. Well, you know, I'm saying that it's a problem because I'm interested in the content. Sure. I'm interested in the subject matter, and I could talk about it for days. We were sitting here at we the gotta, bar. We got to follow we're... Old Man Neutron's uh, <laughs> <laughs> schedule here. Old Man Station, Neutron's uh, breathing down my neck. Yeah, all day. before Old Man Neutron was in charge, we used to be able to blow this show to one, two a.m. <laughs> me, me, and Conan Neutron are a great place in our relationship great. right now. Great, just so everyone knows. I know. I'm trying to wreck it. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting along famously. It's good. And speaking of Conan Neutron, you know what? Here's a Radio Nope world premiere. Oh, yeah? And it's a new... Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends have a new album coming out. Okay. And here's a song off. This is a station. Radio Nope world premiere. That's right. It's oh, good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the drummer of the Melvins and Conan. And another dude. A word? Gail Krovers. Yeah. Live and broad. Radio Nope. World premiere. Get back after this. Uh.
David Bowie, America's favorite spaceman. Thanks for tuning in to Live from the Barrage on Radio Nope.
my god, this is like the worst song I've ever heard. This is what? the pits. <laughs> this is terrible. The pits, I tell you. Uh, find your way back is way better than this. Find your way back rips. Rock and roll is good time music. Well, we we know. Jack, I don't like it. You guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. Oh, I'm. Ne- we're calling this a tribute. Who's who's better than Ryan? That no. Chuck Berry just Pat's turned over in his grave and he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> better than Pat's. <laughs> what? Better than Find Your Way Back? There's a guy sure, who like. You. Yeah. There's a guy who like uh, spent his life emulating Chuck Berry on guitar, who just is going throughout the entire fucking song. Kill yourself. Thank you. Whoa. Welcome back to Live from the Barrage. We're here with Hi Mario. Hello, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mario. It's, it's so a... fucking crowded in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, big show, Mario. Have me over to your garage when the New York Times is reporting, and I'll be there, too. I'll I'm amazed outside. and I'm impressed. I'm telling you. I don't know why you post your suicidal tendencies on Facebook to make everybody worried. you got a great I, life, John. I erased that. I saw that. I thought uh, were you okay? Band. Is it all, is everything yeah, all right, John? Fine. I would never kill myself. Look at me. How can you kill? You can't kill this tantrum. This. So what are you doing for? Just to torment your loved ones? <laughs> no, my loved ones aren't <laughs> on Facebook. Anyhow, it's no. It's, I felt like uh, I had some stomach pains, and I felt like uh, it's been going on for a few days, and I don't feel like I'm going to live that long. I didn't say I was going to off uh, myself. It's like I'm listening to Martin Lu- Martin Luther Chuchahan here. He's oh, like, boy. I may not get there with you. Please tell me you didn't write that down. <laughs> was that even <laughs> Martin Luther Chuchahan? I got, I got a headline for Mario: Local man dies in own detrius. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big vocabulary word, Pat. Oh, <laughs> oh but this, this ain't the New York Post, pal. Well, listen, I'm glad to be here, and it's a lot warmer with 50 people in this place, so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, Jody, thanks for keeping everything going. You are uh, looking hot today with that spank, <laughs> oh my God. With oh that boy. sparkly hat. I like it. Because <laughs> you got to keep warm any way we know. We're going to huddle up and play the game together. <laughs> oh, anyway, before, before we go on, I just had to say, I listened to the interview. It was great. Who got that guy? Who got, who got uh, Steve? Brian, Mr. Course. Music Hawks. Mr. Mr. Music Hawks, my hat's Congrats. off to you. Good yeah, job. Me. So you would go to this place? Yeah. I do remember going there. It was sort of like we would go there because it's far when we were on, like, interviewing somebody for Pratt, and we'd have to just, like, oh, they're going to be at City Gardens. And I remember one time we got there, it was, like, freezing snow blizzard. We got the Ica Mouses playing, uh-huh. and nobody's there to do sound, and nobody's there to do lights. So my buddy starts doing the sound, and I'm put on the light board. And Sounds that, about right. That's my recollection of uh, that, City Garden. It, that and a late class show, I think, was a long time. It got way better, yeah. Of course, yeah. you saw the class there. But this yeah. is back, Mary. This is back when shows were far and few. I mean, obviously here in Manhattan and New York City, we had lots cooking. But elsewhere, you'd have to really travel before you know. The so what brought before. you there? You were living in Jersey. I had a parent in New Jersey and a parent here in Queens. That's right. And in New Jersey, it's that's where you went. Either you went to the whatever clubs were in New Brunswick, or I think there was one in Red Bank and Neptune, or Osbury had the um, the fast lanes at the time. <laughs> You'd go down, right? Yeah, uh, right. But th- you were—that was like towards the end, right? Late, yeah. it had to be late eighties. But yeah, no. I'm well, mid- good for you, Brian Musikoff. I can't wait to play Musikoff chairs. <laughs> right, <guys. laughs> uh, John, John, who had my apologies? And one go more ahead. thing: go did ahead. anybody ask oh, this God. guy Steve? Oh my Kudos God! to you, <laughs> gentlemen of the barrage. Anybody <laughs> ask this guy Steve about this Randy guy? He looks like the other half of Tenacious Deal, just a little bit heavier. Randy? <laughs> like the whole yeah. interview, Mario, yeah, if you listen? <laughs> like the, we listened. I was listening straight. Where, where was Mario? We, we were in the background just listening How to the How boring must it, must it be to sit at the table and not hear what the other dude is saying? I had right. a great talk with Corey. Corey, you still here? I, I am. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. He's right, a, right in him and his buddy, and we, we drank half your whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. <laughs> so I let's get on with some game and some news. The contest now Everybody hug and keep warm. All right. Very good. Thank you, Mario. Nice to see you. I'm glad you showed up with absolutely nothing to say. Yeah, that was some, <laughs> that was some segment. <laughs> <laughs> I have things to say. I have things to say. Here's Mario acting like a monkey. <laughs> I like that the people's court is behind you there. I don't uh, here's the news with Tommy Rockstar. Non-breaking news. Tommy Rockstar. Tommy, are you nervous doing the news in front of actual news reporters? <laughs> no pressure. They're not, they're not actually here. They're my brethren, man. I can't wait right. till the article comes out if it does. Uh, Mr. Rockstar says. <laughs> Tommy's going to challenge them to print T-shirts. The, the old gray lady lives again. Right. Well, this is, we're going to keep it local for a New York theme here. This is a uh, young man, <clears throat> Jeremy Lancaster, age 38, uh, was a deputy for the Oakston, New York Police Department, was permanently terminated <laughs> from his position on the force this month after it was discovered by another police officer that he identified as a juggalo. Oh, yeah. First of all, all right, I want to say something about this because this is bullshit. I, I have no love for juggalos, whatever. If this is story is true. Right. And they're saying that they fired somebody for liking another band or a lifestyle that doesn't... That, that's, that is crap. Yes. Yeah, Isn't Juggalo could pretty much considered a religion at this stage? Or a gang? No, yeah. it, would be all, it would be all fun and games if we all said, oh, Juggalo suck. If they fired a guy for, for digging some choochy band, that is complete <laughs> bunk. Yeah, right. I, I not stand for it. I agree, but it, it was not like he was coming in to work with his face painted, right? Right. Well, it's a, a Lancaster well, was has served as a deputy on the Oakstead Police Department for six years and was notified of his termination on Friday, January 8th. According to Lancaster, the termination was unexpected, claiming that the uh, a- en- entirety of the con- conversation with his commanding officer lasted less than 10 minutes. Yeah, something else is going on here. Yeah, well, it sounds like they wanted to get rid of him. they, they got to get the <laughs> Civil Liberties Union involved in this. Shut the right. Well, he told uh, reporters that the reason behind the termination, uh, well, the re- provided by the chief of police department, was quote admitted affiliation with a classified gang. Oh, come on! See well, now, the FBI classifies juggalos as a gang. Okay, fine. Apparently, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that that's all there is to this story. Well, the I term really do. it says the term juggalo was used to describe both male and female fans of the hip hop duo Insane Clown Posse. Whoop, whoop. Many argue that. The, <laughs> <laughs> the we're just whooped, whooped. Is it Brian Music? No. 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 It's no. on the end there. Uh, uh, Corey Kilgannon from the New York Times uh, is about to get fired from the newspaper because he identifies as a juggalo as well, don't you? Yeah. He's going to get terminated oh, for his hatchet goodness. man tattoo. Corey oh, Clown goodness. Gannon over there. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> his wife's pregnant and smoking at the concert. <laughs> Many argue. Drinking Fago. He's <laughs> feeding the kid Fago with a bottle with a nipple on it. I swear to God, you don't run this article. I'm coming to your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Many argue that the broad classification of Juggalos as a member of a violent gang is unconstitutional and yeah, is duh. far from the true reflection of the actual Juggalo population. The fact, however, remains that in 2011, the FBI released a report classifying Juggalos as, quote, organized crime and violent street So gang. if I go to a Bruce Springsteen concert and he says 41 shots and All I right. get fired from the police department because he's anti-police, it's nonsense. It's, uh, what do you call that? One of those slippery slopes there. <laughs> insane Bullshit. Cl- insane clown posse members of Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope? <laughs> yeah. Don't act like as you've as never heard the name. Right? Wait. <laughs> hey, 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 Corey, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I've actually attempted to sue the FBI over this classification. However, the lawsuit was dismissed and the classifications remained. They should sue. Go ahead. I kind of agree with you, dude. It pisses me off. Shaggy Two Dope is going to file a grievance. <laughs> Shaggy Two Dope. When approached for comment by TRNN, Lancaster Police Chief Darren Coulter stated, quote, the department's decision is not up for discussion. Right. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Wow. Well, it is up for discussion, asshole, because this is America, and we're going to discuss it, whether you like it or not. And this is Fuck live it. in the bro. That's right. Yes. Well, I'm just a juggalo. We just discussed it. <laughs> just a juggalo. It's everywhere I go. People Uzi, always spraying Fago on me. They fired me from my gig. <laughs> I used to be a pig. <laughs> oh, now. Oh, oh, my God. It's... <laughs> well, there we're coming down. All right. <laughs> We're moving along. This story is out of Australia. That's magnets I support- come my way. <laughs> How do they effing work? No uh, one knows. I'm just a juggalo. <laughs> and life confounds me. <laughs> Cause. All right. <laughs> Thieves in Australia recently learned a lesson. I ain't got nobody armor. They took it away from me. They took away my body armor. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thieves in Australia recently learned a a lesson on why you should watch where you put your mouth. Uh, According to a report from FM 97.3, The Dog. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's a reputable source. (laughs) It's 97 FM 3, The Dog. Here's some... BLO. BLO is not a band, is it? It's It's Bachman Turner Overdrive mixed with ELO, Jeff Lynn's new side project. But they Uh, do blow. According to the dog, uh, Australian thieves (laughs) snuck up on a tour bus uh, resting in a car park in the middle of the night attempting to siphon gasoline from the bus. The pair, who went unnamed in the police report, apparently stuck a large hose in the vehicle's gas tank and began to suck. Hold on. Uh, See, so he's got to oh, turn yeah. the page. According to the dog, Ooh. was son of Sam's testimony Timing. as well. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> what's that dog? You have some uh, testimony. We want to interview. I love you too. He just said it's true. I wanted to kill all those single ladies. <laughs> he loves everybody. I demanded it. <laughs> However, the thieves quickly realized they had a problem on their hands after they apparently put the hose in the wrong opening, accidentally siphoning waste from the sewage tank. I heard of the you bus. and Brian Gallier did that one night. That actually happened once in me, but an investigating police sergeant, Brad O'Toole, told TRNN Down Under, <laughs> Break it up, boys. <laughs> oh, can... you're going to love this. Dockies and bunnies. <laughs> Everyone go down to O'Toole's bar and get it humboying. <laughs> we can infer. Uh, we apologize for the Irish racism, Corey Kilgannon. <laughs> Kilgannon. Don't get more Irish than that. Mr. O'Toole told TRNN, quote, We can infer they made a uh, hasty retreat. What did patio furniture have to say? <laughs> oh, uh, with a somewhat bitter taste in their mouth. Cookie puss. I apologize to the audience and everyone involved in this show. Aussie cops are still trying to track down the perps and are only going off of eyewitness accounts of the two men who were seen and heard making a ruckus and then running off into some nearby bushes. Sh- shenanigans. <laughs> though, local, so, though some locals have said the would-be criminals have already received their just punishment. I forget what the story was about. <laughs> it's about I'm, sucking I'm, shit. I'm too busy riffing, man. Here's another story. This story is out, uh, out of Europe from London. To protest the UK's antiquated film censorship regime, a man in London by the name of Charlie Lynn has crowdfunded a movie of paint drying. 
<laughs> that was a Banksy piece. It was, right? Having raised over 10,000... You got John Cage to do the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever covers John Cage. I don't know why. Having raised over $10,000, uh, Mr. Lin was able to submit a 607-minute film, which the censors must now sit through all of 607 minutes to review. This is because you can't release a film in the UK without a certificate from the British Board of Film Certification, uh, Certification, a censorship authority that's been rating and banning movies since the, its establishment yeah. in 1912. Bullshit. Well, that's what they say. How many any Juggalo movies passing through that? <laughs> well, they, they do it to prevent uh, indecorous dancing. Indecorous. <laughs> indecorous? Is that a word? <laughs> Thank you, Jody. <laughs> Jody's here to correct your own. This is our newsman. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Grimsby's over here. Uh, and references to controversial politics, politics, and men and women in bed together. It costs about $12 a minute to get your movie rated by the BBFC, <laughs> or about $1,500 per movie. Uh, that must come out of the budget of many indie filmmakers. Uh, UK censors have then had to sit down and watch whatever you pay them to review. So Charlie, the London filmmaker and film critic himself, began kickstarting a fund to pay for the, for the BBC to literally watch a movie of paint drying for 607 minutes. Still better than the last Matthew Barney See? movie. See? <laughs> Privatize nothing. Have the government sit there and watch a movie about paint drying. Ah. And this is the last story. It's out of Alabama. <clears throat> Uh-oh. It's a lot better when you're high, though. <laughs> it's a paint-drying movie. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you ever watched a paint-drying movie? Yeah, when you get to like 200 On minutes. weed? You, uh, this story is out of Alabama. A casual stroll snowballed into a 13.1-mile commitment from a dog in Alabama recently. According to TRNN sources... I have limited sound clips. That's fine. Just use that. Lots of dogs in the news today. (laughs) (laughs) According to Tiernan's sources in the Fuck Me State, a bloodhound by the name of Ludwin was let out by its owner on January 16th. When she came across a trackless... <laughs> Has anyone seen Z-Dog? <laughs> uh, I came across a trackless train trek half marathon near their home in Elmont, Alabama. The dog's curiosity landed her in the middle of the action, running the entire length of the race, eventually finishing seventh place in the marathon with a time of one hour and 33 minutes. <laughs> nice job, dog. He's got four legs. Yeah, Bullshit. Exactly. Cut his time in half. Yeah, it's two right. times more legs. <laughs> right. Her owner... April Hamil- Hamilton, oh. a- Hamiltron, Ham- Hamilton, uh, apparently only realized Tron, bro. the dog was missing when she began receiving photos of her canine sporting a medal on social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. You like re- train your whole life, and you're like some Nigerian dude, and then the, the dog beats you, and they put the medal <laughs> on him, and you're like, this fucking blows. I flew all the way here. I kickstarted it. My family threw a, a prince threw in who stole all this money from right. Tommy Rockstar online. Oh, and there was one more last breaking piece. Oh, uh, that's the news. Oh, Yay. that's the news. Nice job, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Tommy, I gotta say, the news was, was quick, brisk, and and to the point. Yeah, I'm um, nervous as fuck, dude. Great fucking job, dude. <laughs> thank you. That's the news I of Tommy Rocks. Hey, Tommy. The, uh, the guys in Wisconsin, Tommy. That's the news. Leave it for the real guys. Thank you. Thank Good job, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you. For up to the minute, late breaking nationwide news coverage, turn on your TV. To listen to a bunch of drunken buffoons goof on shit, listen to Live from the Barrage every Friday at 8 p.m. on Livestream.com. You know, I'm kind of surprised you didn't break the story of the uh, sonic boom in New Jersey. Everyone in New Jersey thought there was an earthquake or something. It was crazy. It was felt on Long Island. Sonic boom booms. Yeah. Everyone thought there was a lot of Chris Christie jokes about, oh, Christie farted. Right. Christie pooted. Oh, really? I didn't see that because I uh, vetted my friends. What did they say it was? Now they say they say it was like military sonic boom. Well, yeah. Well, how else are you going to get a sonic boom besides a J 
jet plane breaking the sound back. You know, fun fact, earlier in that morning or the day before, Joe Latex posted on Facebook that he felt that too in South Carolina. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's just going up and down the coast. Mm. That's not fun. Yeah. There's some war games going on, apparently. Yeah. The, uh, the Shall be playing the time, uh, monkeys. <laughs> when, when approached by TRNN, <laughs> the government said, uh, we, no comment. They said, rrr, rrr, rrr. That was their representative they sent to TRNN News. Believe me. When Donald Trump becomes president, said, imagine the statements that are going to come they out of that. They sent the canine publicity unit. That's <laughs> so good. Oh, that's so good. There's no way. Don't even go there, please. I'm just going to imagine. What type of dog is it? I say it's a, uh, a, a Springer Spaniel. It's a Zoolander. I saw, I saw a baby Shibu Inu today on the street. Oh. A, a what? A baby Shibu Inu. Is that what you call him? Shibu yeah, Shibu Inu. Inu. What, what I pronounced something correct? No, you, you got it right. Is that a little guy or a big it's guy? It's like a Japanese uh, what, what does a baby mean to you? <laughs> no, but the dog itself, is it a full-grown? Is it a little guy? Is it a no, shih tzu? It's a fucking baby. Well, normally it's a mid-sized dog. What's a baby? But is it a baby of a big dog? Yeah, exactly. No, like, you, the thing was like you could hold it in your hand. It was, it was so cute. It was I, a teacup? Yeah. I actually rescued one from a shelter. This guy was like giving up his Shiba Inu. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was a kill shelter, and he was like walking in, and I'm like, you can't bring that dog in here. That's a purebred. Like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, wife no want, and I'm like, you what? <laughs> Shiba Inu. I saw I saw kill shelter at City God. Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Kill shelter Hi, opened up for Black Flag. Right. So what'd you do with your Shiba? No, so he was like, well, you want? And I was like, no. Uh, I would have taken it. I I'm, took him I'm in the market for a dog, but I won't, will not refuse to buy one. Of course, yeah, you got to go to a shelter, baby. Yeah. Kill shelter yeah. too. I have to say, that accent was better than your Czech accent. Know, right? <laughs> Tommy does a dog better than his dad. <laughs> hey, guess what? We have the Ryan game coming up yeah, right now. Baby. Yeah, baby. Every, every week, Ryan comes up with a game for us, and we have no idea what it's going to be, and we try to, you know, answer the questions, and we're idiots. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wait. Let me play the opener. I like this better. And now... From a barrage in Queens, New York, it's time to play The Ryan Game, where we expose these smartasses for the dumbasses they really are. Except for me. I win Here's often. Here's your host, Ryan Collison. Actually, I haven't won in it's like been months. A long time. Yeah, man, I have not won. Hey, John, you know who won last week? Jody? No, I crushed. Brian Musical? I crushed. Brian Musical kicked ass. But Tommy, I suck at trades. Just uh, go ahead and say it. I'm sure you got everybody in there. You got Corey I got everybody. There. Anybody who wants to play. Tommy does this great thing. You know, I appreciate that you're trying to produce the show, Tommy, and stuff. And he does this great thing where he points to me and Brian and Pat at the, and Ryan at the right, same time. He's conducting. Uh, he got four arms. I want to get him like two of those flashlights that the guys use in the runway at JFK. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, I could totally get you. He's those. constantly like miming back really? there. Right, but John, it works in the show's favor because I flap for no fucking reason. So it, it's good. I watch Tommy. Yeah, he replaced right. me with a Quality robot. Controller. <laughs> a robot. The man behind the glass. All right, Ryan Collison, what's the game this week? Uh, Corey Kilgannon, welcome back to the game you played once before. You lost, right? <clears throat> I think everybody lost that night. It was a spelling bee. It's the only time we ever tried to do that, and that was didn't work out. A spelling bee. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. And uh, I so listen to the Corey Kilgannon episode all the time. <laughs> Classic. In bed while I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tune in. <laughs> So the name of the game... It's one of our highest rated shows. ...is By the Numbers. We've played it before, and it's always been pretty fun. First time we played this game was with uh, hit rock band Sebado. Yeah, right. Way that's back right. in season one. 
Sebado is in studio. Oh, I forgot we have seasons. This is great. Yeah, we're, we're coming season up on season one. four pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. what, what, you know, what? This is season three? Four, almost. Uh, in this April, is... we're going to have our four-year anniversary. Oh, okay. So, wow, it's really? It's only been four yeah. years? Yeah. Four when years? Will the show end, for God's Never. <laughs> I will die on this show. I will have a heart attack on the air, I no, promise. You're talking to a no. squirrel. I may not be long for this world. <laughs> so let me just explain. Well, you know what? Quick. I'll tell you what, Mario. Excuse me, Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, that when when I did post that a couple hours later, I said, "You know what? Mario's still alive. <laughs> I'm probably fine." I just want to rush to your side and like comfort you, Captain. When I hear those cries for help, <laughs> it's not a cry for help. No one's going to come over here and and cure my pancreatitis or gout or I kidney be failure. Here now. <laughs> I feel like I'm having major organ failure, and I will die soon. Call the doctor. I think you have. It's to called stop drinking, you idiot. <laughs> that smoking idiot. cigarettes like a jerk. Thank you. You can stop doing that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> Never happened, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on with the game. Yes. Honey, if you're listening, it will happen, Jack. I'm just kidding. Welcome to the Ryan game, and uh, tonight's game is called By the Numbers. By the Numbers. All the trivia questions in this game are going to have numerical responses. You don't have to get the answer exactly right. You just have to give the number that's going to be the closest to the correct answer. Right. If you get it right, you immediately stop that question, and you get the point. Right. If you hit the nail on the head, you're the winner. Numerical. All right. Let's start. Uh, uh, price is right rules? High or low? No price is right rules. Okay. I once farted at the beginning of Master of Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> you can go higher. You can go lower. You just have to be the closest. Right. You have to be the closest. If you hit it on the head, the game is over, and you win. All right. Got it? I remember this. Yep. We'll start with John. Do you fellas know where I could score some goofballs? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> what is the minimum length for a film to be considered a feature film, uh, Minute, was, minutes wise. Okay, uh, 108 minutes. 108. Tommy. 60. 60 minutes. Pat. Uh, 62. Mm. 62. Chat box is playing. They are live. Don't read it. Jody. Don't read it. I'm already out. You said to be considered a full length. Feature, feature length. Feature length. Feature length. Yeah. Feature length, I would say. I got something feature length for you right here. Oh, 75. Oh, yeah. oh. Right. She says 75. Oh, 75. Oh. Mario. I would oh. like to go with uh, 70, 77 because it's a great year. <laughs> Brian Musical. How many times yeah, did you I'm see The say, Clash in I'm 77? I'm going to say an hour, an hour and 15. Yeah, 75 minutes. And so you're going to agree with... Uh, Jody, who hour, obviously hour, wasn't right because I didn't stop the right. But uh, okay. all right, but hour. All right, chat box. Uh, we got idiot. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, we got we got one someone more. left. So, what's your your answer? Seventy five, and uh, Corey. Corey. Yeah, I thought like Jody seventy five. So I'll just to be a little different. I'll say what? you sound like a Ramon. He does. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> where'd you grow, up, Corey? What's your answer? Yeah, an hour and twenty. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Corey, where'd you grow? Where'd you grow? Where did you grow? Long up? Island. Where in Long Island? Massapequa. Oh, yeah? Ah. You sound like Marky Ramones. Is that right? Yeah, you're like, oh, fuck Joey. We, when we have a station idea, I'm we work for the New York Times now. <laughs> fuck him. We could compare his... Uh... Uh, chat box, uh, number 30, 75, Dovey, 50, Derek Volk, 61, Dovey's 80, Dovey, you can't answer twice, 30, uh, Colin <laughs> Reed, 36, 11... <laughs> 
I don't know. Carl Ryan. Ryan. Great what? dances Eight, all around. 80. Nobody hit it, though. The correct answer is 71 minutes. So 71. Oh. Who's, who's the closest? Right, who's uh, Jody closest? and Brian. Come on. Word up, Jody and Brian. 71 minutes is an hour and 11 minutes. They went over. Yeah. I thought it was Price is Right rules. Yeah. Yeah. Less than an hour and a half. No Price is Right rules. No, I Bullshit. That's not the case. No? to you. How many? It's going to ever keep me down. How many Godzilla films have been made? <laughs> We're going to start with Tommy. In all, in all of history? <laughs> Any film that's associated with Godzilla. Right. No, on Mars, too. Count okay, but those. Wait, wait. No, not Ryan. In, not including Saturday morning cartoons, Brian. I know you're about to No, ask no, no, that. no. It's like Toho, like the official... Godzilla or like in the all, Hollywood? I think I'm talking, in, in I'm talking movies. about the original one all the way up until the one that came out a couple of years ago. What with, about uh, the ones in Japan? Spinoffs, everything. Yes. everything. All of them. All okay, of okay, them. Okay. All of this ain't Godzilla Con. I'm going to say... How'd I'm you guys like pass school? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 22. All right, Pat. Uh, I don't know, 30. <clears throat> and then Jody. 25. Mario. 54, the, <laughs> my age. Brian Musikoff. Why not? It's a license uh, to print uh, money. Uh, a low ball, 18. Corey. He's thinking. Uh, I have no idea. Too. How many gods? Is it 20? 20. 20. You know, I was on I was in line with Jody. Is it my turn? Yep. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go 24. 24. And Pat said 30. He is the closest. <laughs> correct answer is 29. Oh, oh. See, we were close, Jody. We're not so off. <laughs> I know my Asian cinema. <laughs> Godzilla goes to camp. Godzilla goes to jail. Godzilla goes to dirt nap. Godzilla meets Ernest. <laughs> Pat, how many X-Men movies Godzilla have Godzilla starts a podcast in his garage <laughs> with a bunch of jadrules. Uh, the Boombalati Illuminati. We have uh, Mecha Godzilla on this week from the band Monster X. <laughs> thank, you for, Monster thank you for calling awesome. in. <laughs> Here comes Mortra. All right, Pat, how many X-Men movies have been made? Uh, four. <laughs> Pat, big X-Men fan. Uh, qu- quickly, Anne. Six. Jody. Oh, sorry. I was going to say six, but uh, seven. You got it exactly right. Ah, oh, I just helped on. you win. Yes, yes, you that's did. Get the answer. I wanted to know if there, you were counting the uh, Brian Music of Animation X-Men that he sits in his basement and watches. <laughs> no, you know, I was hey, trying to remember family if they made to more me, than right? one Wolverine no, movie. Leave family out of this. <laughs> so he has like a, a superhero in a wheelchair. If you, get, great. if you nail it, then that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, just, I just learned that rule myself. So, all right, if you, yeah. if you hit it, that means you win. You learn the hard way. Jody, how many Fast and Furious movies have been made? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh... Six. That's it exactly. Come oh, on. Bang! Stop just like that. I, I knew that. Down. It was six Did fast, six furious. Keep me down. Brian Musikoff. <clears throat> no, wait, you've two pitches, two homers. How many, how many Fast and Furious movies have I seen? Oh, uh, zero. <laughs> That's right. Oh, he gets exactly a point right. on the board. Jody likes us to think that she's this big intellectual reading books in her house, but meanwhile she's watching Vin Diesel movies all day. <laughs> Sadly, you're not that far off. You skipped over me, Ryan. I demand. I'm sorry, Mario. Well, here's your question. Uh, Help me. He just got one. He said zero. Yeah. No, that's, that's Brian. Brian. That's Brian. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I did don't skip don't bow to the Mario pressure. No, he's, but he's it's right. True. It's I a common tactic. Up. He's a nudge. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Mario, what is the average price of gasoline in New York? Right now? Yes, right he now. He knows this a million times. He's checking every as gasoline of, price. As of 4 o'clock this afternoon. $2.12. $2.12. Great question. Is it my turn yet? No. How can it not be my turn? Corey. I'll say a little bit lower, maybe you know, 205. 
All right, Brian. I'll go two, two on the dot. That's jersey prices, Brian. Two dollars. John Hulahan. Do you know, Brian, that every every like four dollars? Brian, do you know that every gas station on the New New Jersey uh, on the Garden State Parkway has to be the exact same price? Yes, John. We talked about it last week. John. That's right. We'll talk about it every week, motherfucker. Because <laughs> I love talking about gas. <laughs> what's your what's gas? Your gas, gas, oh, gas well, I told you last week. Every I go into work and all everybody just wants to talk about gas prices. I'm like, I want to kill myself. Stop talking. About I it. sold my yeah. car and I'm, I'm really upset. Oh, I saw one ninety four dollars a gallon and it was twice as much. To fill up. I saw 197 in Old Bridge. It's like, oh, good. Tommy Rockstar just took the most intense drag I've ever seen. That was Ryan, a smoke. the price of gas, the average price of gas in the entire United States? New York. No, New York. New York. Oh, uh, 198. 198. It's the $1.98 Tommy. beauty contestant. Who just said that? You just said $1.98? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, 196. You wish it were me. I wish it was that cheap. I would buy that gas right Pat. now. John 217. John two seventeen. Two seventeen is when my high school let out. Two fifty. Two dollars and fifty cents. What? what are you in Alaska? Jody drive. never drives That's a ever. Lot of money, Jody. I don't drive. I don't know. Everyone's oh, like Mario. You were the closest with two dollars and twelve cents. God damn it! Uh, uh, right it's two dollars and ten cents. The best is like when when the price of gas was like three dollars. Everyone's like, this president sucks. Yeah. The price of gas is three dollars, and now the price of gas is like a two dollars, and everyone's like, "It was over four dollars." I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's not credit the the president $5. of the United States has five. zero to do with the price of gas, you morons. Let's move on with the game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that free pass, ass wife. Corey, right. what's the average price of gas in New Jersey right now? Speak directly into that mic. Everyone, everyone walks the city gardens. I thought somebody was yelling at it from the other side of the room. All right, bro, let's go reverse. Dollar ninety. Dollar ninety. And Joey was an asshole. You, you calm down, you. You, you, trying to, you, you don't orchestrate things here. I got some news for you, John Hulahan. Uh What's the question? Jersey. Jersey. Dollar eighty-one. Okay, Tommy, go ahead. A dollar sixty-five. One sixty-five. Pat, you got your one nine seven. One <laughs> nine seven. <laughs> On an undercover cop. Jody, two fifty. I'm not a cop. Two fifty. Gas is always thirty-eight cents a gallon cheaper in New Jersey. So thirty-eight minus two eleven. Conversion. Do the do the math for me. Uh, Twenty uh, uh, eleven. Two eleven minus thirty-eight. Hold Time's on. up. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you right now. I'm doing it for you right now. Two, <laughs> you're doing it. Time's up. Time's up. This is embarrassing. It's $1.74. Don't help him. One seventy four. Ryan. Is that your answer? Yes. And Brian Musikoff. At the gas station. <laughs> wow, the guy from Jersey got it? No, he, no he's up next. It's one ninety four. One ninety four. Mary, you are the closest. I Damn it. Right. Wait, 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 wait. The gas station around the corner from my house is one ninety four. That doesn't make it the average. The average. The average. Oh, the average, average price is... Dollar seventy-two. This is bullshit. First of all, I get off the highway going upstate, and like, why are we in New Jersey? No calculators at the table. Thirty-eight cents a gallon cheaper. That's right. I throw you right out of my classroom. You're a school teacher, Mario. You should know this. Cheating? It's not cheating. It's economics. All right, back to John. You know, Mario is an art teacher in a New York City public school, so like, it's not like you can lean over to the kid next to you and go, "Hey, what'd you draw?" <laughs> I drew a bottle of Modelo. That's, that's about to go up on Instagram. Like there's, there's, there's a kid next. There's a kid next to you who's like really good at art, and you suck. And you're like, hey man, let me see your paper. And you like paint a Picasso. <laughs> it's got a Number swastika. One. It can't be done. 
<laughs> Number one rule of my class is we stop. succeed as a group. I Much gotta, like the station. I gotta station. stop copying from Phil Anselmo. What'd you get? <laughs> What'd you get for number six? Swastika. <laughs> oh, that's your answer to everything. I once farted at the beginning of Master of Puppets. All right. Yeah. All right, John. What is going to be the salary of Alex Rodriguez uh, this year? Oh man, I got no clue on yeah. this dude. I don't. He's in. Crazy salary trouble. I don't know what the deal is this year. What is he scheduled to make this year according to his contract? Oh, man. This is a problem because now I have to go first on a baseball question, and I, I will I'm give the benchmark to all the non-sports people. No, no right. one else. Oh. Set the bar, John. Set the bar. I will say Alex Rodriguez is making $9 million this year, and I'm lowballing it. I don't know. I honestly, I have nothing. All right, Tommy. I'm going to go with uh, a, just an educated guess here that he's still in his contract with the Yankees somehow, and he's making $25 million a year. $25 million. Pat? 8.2. 8.2. You got your eight. You got your point. You got your two. And then we got Jody. $17 million. $17 million. Mario. Psychic link. All right, I go a little bit under you. I think 15, uh, Jody five. and Mario have a love connection. Fifteen <laughs> five. Mario's going to go a little bit under her. He said, <laughs> "Going a little bit under." Just making twenty seven fucking million. Brian, I'm going to say fifteen miltron dollars. Corey, correct uh, Tron. Ten million. Incorrect Tron. Ten, Ten million. million. Uh, the closest it seems would be whoever said seventeen million. Huh. Jody, I knew it. I knew I should have went with you, Jody. Twenty million a year. Oh. Derek Vokins, I am so sorry I got that question wrong. Imagine paying this guy $20 million. Actually, he didn't have a bad year. So. Didn't have a bad year. Tommy, what is the annual salary? He can't play third base for shit. Of President Obama, his salary as president. Sure. Not all the other money he's I got make. this on the money, buddy. Give it to me. I got it on the nose. For, I used to be, you're going to go last this round, too. Damn it! Uh, it used to be in the 100000 range. I'm going to say... <laughs> Back, Back on Phil Millard Fillmore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy's voting for a wig. Yeah, exactly. Back in the old Tommy days. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I have $40,000 here. Quid, baby. Uh, I'm going to say... Greenbacks. <laughs> 40 head of lamb. As president, <laughs> I'll make sure that women never vote. <laughs> Enjoy my mustache. You know who's the I'll, no more have, goats in the road. I have a question no, for you. Who's the, who, yourself. Who is the last facial-haired or mustachioed president? Well, that's a good question. John C. Hoolan. No, I'm sorry. It's William Howard Taft. Taft, Taft baby. It's, it's got to be Taft. Taft. <laughs> um, I'm going to say two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Two Bob. two five K. Yep. Pat. Uh, three fifty. Three five zero K. Jody. Two hundred fifty thousand. Two five zero K. I'm Brian? sticking with Jody. Oh, uh, Mario, I'm sorry. I'm sticking with Jody. I'm with her. 250. 250. 250. I, I learned my lesson. Uh, I'm going to go 290. 290. It got to me. I can't Corey? believe it. Yeah, some, I'd say 240 range. 240. And John Hulher. The president of the United States makes $400,000 a year. Bingo, bango, bongo. Oh, Thank you. Right on the fucking money. Wow. You got your I first point. That. What was the no, answer again? $400,000. Catbox justice. No, I had it. I knew it all along. Patrick. I read. You've been I read buying the for the presidency. I read the New York Times every day. They're like, Mr. <laughs> Kilgannon makes $400,000. <laughs> Let's not vote for Mr. Trump. What's this for, Ryan? Right now, John has one. Tommy has zero. Pat has one. Jody's got four. Mm. Wow. Mario's got two. 
Brian's got two. Talking about Taft. Corey Shut your mouth. Is yet to get on the board. But that's going to change You're right the now. You're to beat there, Jody. Remember when Taft got stuck in the bathtub? <laughs> I know you guys don't remember that because you're probably too young, but I do. It happened. It was the best. Didn't they get him out with a sawzall? Yeah. No, the, they had the Taft uh, bathtub emergency Creamery squad. Creamery butter. <laughs> like the, 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 fire, the fire squad we came in. We butter you out. <laughs> with buckets of butter, the bucket brigade. And they just lumped bu- butter, melted butter all over them. They, they squeezed them right out of the Taft. Which one's the, uh, which one's the reverb? What a porker. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Taft, Taft Box, Box Justice. justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice Taft Tub Justice. <laughs> Taft uh, Tub. Patrick, that was awesome, Ryan. <laughs> Patrick R. Walsh, uh, what year did the Titanic sink? Oh, uh, <laughs> tonight on this show. <laughs> She's having a clue. Does know what year it is? blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah, I got an idea. Yeah, twenty-eight. I'm not looking. I'm putting a piece of paper over the chat box because yeah, I'm cover afraid. that shite. <laughs> Jethro Tull. Wait, that's the piece. I love that band. What's your answer there, Pat? I don't know. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Nineteen twenty-eight. Seventy twenty-eight. Pat said. Uh, I'm in. Embarrassed, uh, 1912. Bang! That's what I was going to say. Goes. Oh, man. Jody, I was going to say 1911. I was going to say 18. Yeah. I agree with Jody. Before World War You're out. Nice job, Jody. Oh, I thought that's when the stock market tanked. You're killing me. once and for all why women should be paid equally as men. Rearrange. Even more. Keep, re- keep rearranging those deck chairs, Mario. All right, Jody S. What year did Elvis die? Oh, Jesus. Yes, I know. Uh, I know I got this. Seventy-seven. Right. Wow. My you know God. Dude. She's hit it on the nose every time. Do you know the month, J Train? Uh, October. No. It's January. Time. August. Yep. Ah. Yep. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mario. Yes, Mario. What year was Jody? You're you're not invited anymore. I hate having you on. What year, Mario? Mario. What year was Bob Dylan born? Robert Bill Zimmerman was born yes. in uh, of Minnesota. It was uh, seven uh, sixty nine. Minus the two. Tommy, give take your calculator out uh, and give Mario the answer again. Fifth, uh, I'm kidding. Do Don't do that. Nineteen. We make it fifty. He just said nineteen forty nine. Times up. Nineteen forty nine. All right, Brian. Uh, when did I get to go? Nineteen forty seven. Nineteen forty seven. Corey. 1950. 1950. So wrong. John Hulay. Well, I think my dad is born in 38. I think my dad is not too much older than Bob Dylan. I will go with uh, 41. Right. Yes. There it is. Oh, yeah. Hello. My dad's three years younger, older than Bob Dylan. We'll Fucking. Hey, I hit one on the nose. F all, all right. of you. Nice. We'll go with two more questions. That way everybody had a chance. I ain't going to work on Maggie's farm no more. All right. You assholes. <laughs> Uh, Brian. Yep. How many acting credits on imdb.com does Oliver Hardy have? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> of Laurel and Hardy? Of Laurel and Hardy fame. <laughs> so sure. Oh, I thought that was well. the guy who was like a bl- Bane and Batman. <laughs> Corey. Five zero. <laughs> yes, <Hulley>. Laurel. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't speak. Does Laurel speak? He doesn't, right? I think we have to do a bit of double talk right now. <laughs> See, <laughs> my fa- I'll tell you what. My favorite Laurel and Hardy bit was when uh, he speaks. They're like on a roof, 
mm-hmm. and and it's raining. Yeah. And I don't know, he's stuck outside or something. So uh, some shenanigans. With Oliver him. Hardy calls down to Stan Laurel, and and he and uh, he's trying to like sneak it back in the house because their wives are onto them, you know. So Oliver Hardy goes, uh, "Stan." He calls and he he calls <laughs> to the parlor. The phone rings. Yes, Ollie. Can you get me a ladder? No. Stan, uh, you know, Stan Laurel picks up the phone and, and Hardy goes, "Stan," and Stan goes, "Yes," and hangs up. <laughs> Meanwhile, that, that barrel ass is stuck in our roof. All right. Um, what's the question? How many, according how many, to. How many pounds can that roof hold? The Internet Movie Database. How many acting credits does Oliver Hardy have? Uh, let me go with. Uh, that's weird. That's a weird question, dude. Including commercials. 20. And YouTube series. 20. Tommy. 115. 115. Pat. <laughs> Seeing as how it was the old school studio system, I'm going to go with a liberal 174. <laughs> I like your guy's style. 74. See? <laughs> Jody. 125. One, do five. And Mario. 17. 17. Whoever said 174 was the closest, but oh, wow. not very close at that all. That was prolific. Oh, 356. 416. Wow. wow. They work them like dogs, I tell you, that old studio system. Imagine, imagine being in 400 movies. Jesus. All right, last question. Corey, according Jeremy. to, according to the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> Ron Jer- who's got more movies, Hardy or Ron, Ron Jeremy? Jeremy. <laughs> Bayside <laughs> resident. Last question of the night. Corey, according to the Internet Movie Database, how many credits do I, Ryan Collison, have? Oh, as a sound engineer. As a sound engineer and uh, folk Anything, artist, and everything. I think I have a special thanks in there for Let's pounds. Let's go while we're young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five, five. <laughs> in my 18-year career, I've made five. I worked on five movies. <laughs> really short change in your life, uh, there, Ryan. John Houlihan. How many credits does Ryan Collison have in the movies? Oh my God, man! Well, you started according to Internet Movie one. Database. According to IMDb, did you make your own page? Uh, I don't think I've really ever added to that. No. Mm-hmm. According to his CV, he has been... seven hundred. Do you know how many movies? Do, do you dispute the? Yeah, do you dispute number? the number? Oh yeah, I worked on way more than whatever's yeah. up there. So not the actual what IMDb says. I will say a hundred and one hundred and seventy one. One seven one. Right Tommy. on the nose. Tommy, Thank you. wrong. Oh. Tommy. I'm gonna say. 78. 78. Pat. I've sat next to you every week for four <laughs> years, and I didn't know you had an IMDb page. <laughs> I'm going with a lean 74. Well, it's not like a uh, Facebook page. This right. is Ryan's job all day. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Move the mic. This time with effort. Go off, go off mic. All right. Uh, who's next? Jody. I'm going to say 85. 85. Mario. 120. 120. Rand Brian Musikoff? Going to give you a, a straight 100. 100. Zero, zero. The closest one. Well, both was numbers, by the way. John give it to me. Houlihan yeah. said 171. Oh, yeah. He yeah. said 171. According to the page. We got 211. 256. Oh! Wow. Not as good as Hardy, but uh, I'm halfway there. Not really, but. You're the Oliver Hardy of Foley. <laughs> Can you bring that back, Ollie? I'd like to try it again. By the way, I'd like to uh, um, tell the audience and uh, you know tell them that we have not spoken about sports like once tonight. So mm. 
Good for you. Interesting. Talked a little bit of hockey. Your beard, oh nerdos. No, we did because we talked about. Uh, the no, we talked about the Islanders. We talked about and, and we talked about Rodriguez. <laughs> That's, not That's adorable. <laughs> Incestitous. Seeing the playoffs. I went that. on Sunday morning. Incestitous? Is that on what you said? On Sunday morning, I went and bought uh, Cespedes shirts at Models. They were still on sale. Of course you did. No store. It's a buy. It took my car off. And I just went right to Models and like I took twenty <laughs> shirts, fresh. So gonna, what are you gonna resell them? He's no. on the Mets now, baby. No, I know, but you're gonna Mets resell them in twenty Cespedes, and he goes to Models during a, in the snow, drinking whiskey, and he buys thinking. all the t-shirts. <laughs> oh Amazing. my god! I went. I actually drove in that storm when they had the the uh, what is it? The blockade? What did they have last? The blockade. Martial I think that's the uh, Cuban the Missile Crisis. Martial law last week. I took my kids in the car and we started driving around the neighborhood. And next thing I know, this sanitation man. Chasing me everywhere. <laughs> the Cuban sandwich crisis. Just the principle of it. How they, dare they declare martial law in my fair city? Right. You can't. I can't drive. It's on this bullshit. Street. It's like What's uh, next? firing a guy for being a juggler. I declared Jim Marshall law. I fired up my half stack in the basement. <laughs> so anyhow, if you want a Sesame shirt, it's only twelve fifty. It's Mario at MarioDeals.com. <laughs> All right. Is that it, Ryan? Thank you. For Who's the winner? winner? Let's salute the winner. Congratulations to our dear friend Jody. Jody yeah. ran away with Jody. Uh, Jody Shapiro. Always you are the best around. I think Jody has, every time she's been here, has won the game except for like once. Right, right. And that was like the, the you wanted Cespedes questions. All right. Day. And that is nice a, job, Jody. That is eleven p. That's eleven on the dot. Dude. On the dot. Thank yeah. you, everyone. Thank you, Brent Ryan. Thank you, Tommy Rockstar. Thank you, Patrick Walsh. Thank you, Jody Shapiro. Thank you, photographer guy. And uh, <laughs> thank you, New York Times. Thank you, Corey Kilgannon. Thank you, Mario Asaro. Thank you, Brian Musicov. Of course. Thank you. We we'd like to thank our guest and our sponsors. What was his name again? <laughs> Something Italian. Steve Tazi. Steve Tazi. Oh God! Nice the name uh, of the movie. Proud Italian man. Right on the dance floor. Right on the dance floor. The story of Randy now in City Gardens. You can get that at uh, you know, just Google it. What the fuck? Go to Randy's record yeah, what store. What am I? What do I look like? Google DRI. Google's. Thank Sponsored you, everyone. By search engine. Seagram still. This has been uh, episode uh, one million of Live from the Barrage, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Stay warm. Thank you. Bye. 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 Stay tuned for uh, I don't know some bullshit. Good night. It's on radio. No. Uh, Stay tuned for Conan's iPod. We'll see you next Friday, unless my kid has a basketball game. I missed all of them.
in my mouth. Holy shit. Live from the Barrage, brought to you by Stony Brook Farms, lacto-ovo, eco-friendly farms. Because the light was on.